What's up? And welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast, the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. As always, I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and you probably saw this in the title or the description of this episode, but this episode is another feature where I was a guest on the X Button Podcast. If this is your first time listening to the single player experience, normally I talk about video games, the good ones, the bad ones, and everything in between in this single player space, and I give you video game recommendations. Now, if you're a long-term listener of the podcast, then you already know what it's been like lately. I've been a frequent guest on the X Button podcast, a really dope podcast, by the way, that you should check out featuring Paul and Alejandro, where they talk about all the gaming news that you need to know about, and they do a deep dive into video game reviews. In this episode, we're going to talk about Naughty Dog's next game has already been decided, Hitman being on hiatus. We're also going to talk about the rumors of a Superman game and much, much more. We got all this coming at you right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, man. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host Sebastian Malden and my main quest is to help you manage your ever growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the X Button, Season 3, Episode 10. I am your host, Alejandro, and with me is the guy that gets very uncomfortable with TV intimacy. Paul, hey everybody, how's it going? I need I needed a new kind of interest, so yeah, I'm gonna blast you. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Paul? Finally, sure. like, you're settled. I, I am pretty much settled. There's like a little asterisk right at the end of that that we'll get into, but yes, overall, we're good. Yeah. I've got my headset back. I've got something in front of me that's normal. I'm not sitting in a bed trying to make it work. It's we're that's, set. That's up. what's so funny because you you were able to put the background. People wouldn't have known that you recorded all of last week's episode while you were laying in bed, <laughs> wherever you were yeah. staying. Yeah, so that was the only space that we had available. Oh shoot! And I see we have somebody else. Yeah, and he right he he joined it right on time. Our, Did I? Our, we yeah. literally just started. Yeah, our special guest, like, Sebastian Malden. Like less than 10 <laughs> seconds ago. Yay! Give me one second, and I'm going to change my screen real quick. But yeah, what were y'all talking about? Just introducing. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about the shenanigans that it took me to uh, get up here, and that how bad my audio was, how uh, I hid the fact that I was sitting in a bed the whole time, because the there was no space anywhere else. Yeah, it was... Uh, we were flying by the seat of our pants. It's been a wild time, huh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you're definitely gotten all wild. Like, right now, it's like all tranquility on my side. And let's introduce you, uh, our third guest, basically, as the Needler Fear. <laughs> the Needler Fear? I have no fear? idea what that the, is. The Needle Fear. What is fear. that? Like, you're oh, the oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just came back from the doctor. I was like, yeah, and I was oh. like, yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness, I hate shots. I hate needles, man. And you know, when they were telling me, hey, we're gonna have to take your blood work, and I was just like, just go ahead and just cut me, man. At that yeah. point, 
So were you doing just like a medical check, Sebastian? Or yeah, yeah. It was it was like just a routine medical checkup and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, why, man? Why why do we have to do this? We we have come to a point where we can scan people's foreheads with a device. We yeah. need to come to a point to where we can do all medical evaluations just by scanning our foreheads. Look, I'm the same way. Like every time that I need to go do like a medical check, I get cold. Like mm-hmm. I legit get cold. I have to like grab something and like squeeze it as hard as I can when a needle is going in for as, as they get blood from me. Yeah, it's like I don't know why I get scared of that because maybe it's because it doesn't happen that often. So, though I wasn't scared uh, for whenever we got the COVID shots. Yeah. Yeah. So that one was easy. In fact, it was like I barely even felt it, which was nice. But enough of that because this is the X Bottom Podcast or Gaming Podcast that posts every. Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing, available in the YouTube channel, Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links in the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape-gaming. If you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. Paul, we're seven episodes away, I think, from episode 100. Can you believe that? Whoop, whoop. Shocking. Yeah. And technically... It does not feel real. Technically, at 13 episodes, we're be technically at episode 113. If we count the 2020 lost episodes that are just... Like, I don't know if we want to count those, exactly, though. Exactly. That was just hanging. a big old mulligan for yeah. <laughs> that first attempt. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's why, like, officially we're going to be celebrating uh, 100 episodes in, like, seven weeks from now. So that is Congratulations. Crazy. Yeah. How many episodes have you done, Sebastian, from yours with the uh, with single-player um, experience? I think I'm on 102 or 103. Oh, so it started nice. kind of around the same time. That makes sense. I don't know, man. I I I think y'all started before me because like I started the podcast and I was on a tear. I think I was like I relaunched, um, started a whole new show in, in around October. So mm-hmm. that's a hundred episodes since October. Man, yeah. For uh, uh, for me and Paul, like we started in January 2020. Then yeah. around the time of the lockdowns, like we we went in a hugely erratic schedule that was like a once a month thing. And then we decided to be like, nah, let's just take an extended break. And then we came back on May 4th, 2021 with the X-Bottom Rebirth. That's how we called it. Like a new okay. number one. So, so yeah, and we haven't stopped since then. Like, it's been like almost two years, which is crazy. Like, That's exciting. Paul had a haircut. You can look at the, like, he didn't yep. look curly back then. <laughs> I had a very short uh, trim and a lot more hair on my beard yeah. as, um, we used to have that clip for our intro each week where it was uh, you talking about, <laughs> man, I could still think about us. And I was like, yeah, I got all the hair on my beard and none on my head. Yeah. And I think that was that was the exact voice clip that you found. Yeah. And, but, and then I lost that voice clip. That's why it hasn't been in the intros of the show since then. Oh, that's why. OK. <laughs> yeah. So we went back to our epic intro music. But um, so what I'll you're saying it. is Paul was rocking Kratos from 2018, basically. You know what? Yeah. It wasn't quite that dramatic but I, I had like a little bit of a faux hawk but okay. mostly it was just yeah. a, a longer tr- very trimmed beard like Kratos so yeah. I'll take it and me okay. I'm the curious case of Benjamin Button you look at that first episode you look yeah. <laughs> you're looking right now I haven't changed like at all <laughs> like I don't I don't age they just grew a beard yeah no I'm growing in it right now so exactly that's lovely yeah so Sebastian just started you off like uh, what games have you been playing Oh my goodness! Um, I've been playing quite a few games. Um, recently I reviewed a little indie game by the name of Brook the Investigator. 
it is investigator. yeah it's um yeah it's a point and click a point and click beat em up game which is probably yeah. the rarest combination i've ever heard in my life because normally point and click games is just like oh my it, gosh it's an alligator yeah yeah <laughs> and it's investa gator so uh, he's oh, like, yeah. yeah with, with the pun that's <laughs> yeah beautiful so yeah so the whole thing is like a post cyberpunk-esque um mystery kind of game where you go around trying to solve like a minor mystery that leads into a major conspiracy and um yeah it's uh originally it's kind of like a point and click kind of game but then it evolves and like half of it is point and click and then the, the other half is completely a beat-em-up game uh -huh. and i can see that it has that's an crazy. art style that reminds me of the uh, reimagining for battle Toads that came out in xbox that's yeah that's a good way of putting it. Ooh, yeah. it to me it feels almost like a adult version of saturday morning cartoons like the way i was I, gonna say this has such tailspin energy and like man oh that's tom and jerry that, it has, it has tom and jerry energy also <laughs> yeah that that's exactly and then it has like a song on the soundtrack that sounds almost like chippendale rescue rangers like Ooh. very very much kind of very similar to that so i've been vibing off of that i reviewed that i've reviewed um doom to hell i think i've spoken with that mm. y'all about that recently it's kind of like a twin stick shooter version of hades uh-huh oh. i think i think you mentioned it in the chat we haven't mentioned it in the show oh, so. okay yeah. yeah mentioned it on the show like just general thing it's like if you like twin stick shooters and you like the hades formula of like you walk into a room you have to beat all the enemies and then you have to choose like your next power buff and then go on to the next room it nice. this has the exact same formula except it's a twin stick shooter game as opposed to you know like the hades for like the hades mm -hmm. gameplay so i it's a really fun indie game and i i haven't had this much fun playing a roguelike probably since hades and are, i'm not saying what's up are these all just in steam still or are they available on, on console um i played both of these on xbox actually surprisingly oh, so nice. i played both of these on the series x but they are also available on steam so okay. and they play wonderfully on the xbox series x and s so if y'all are interested in a couple of indie gems definitely check those two out i would expect the s would run them well <laughs> because mm -hmm. they're indies but uh but yeah and i assume game pass uh, no actually no no, really? no like i th no it's just I was, you know, provided codes for for review on those, so like oh, okay. full disclosure there. But yeah, like mm -hmm. no, not not quite Game Pass, but they seem like they would fit that Game Pass mold. Yeah, uh, Brock the Investigator originally came on Steam last year on August twenty sixth, so I assume it just launched on console this time. So yeah, it just launched. Yeah, and it is on everything. Uh, yeah. It looks like awesome. it's a really fun game. Um, I think the the story it has a couple of familiar cliches in in it, but like other than those, I feel like it's a really unique story that kind of like stay it, it doesn't overstay its welcome either so i i definitely highly recommend those two games oh i love i love when games don't overstay their welcome mm -hmm. for sure is that is that all you play sebastian yeah I, i've been playing a little bit of those and then uh like the other one you probably won't want to hear about it. it's been it's been wwe i've been how is it good because yeah, yeah, yeah. wwe you know it's like it has we were talking about the broken one from like the 2020 mm -hmm. edition so is this far up in quality, at least from that, or is it still like a broken oh, POS? <laughs> it is, uh, it is the rock tier. It's stone cold tier. It is mm. like Hollywood Hogan versus the rock kind of tier. This is probably the most fun I've had with a wrestling okay. game in about 10 years. It All is right. really good. They improved. They improved. Yeah. I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad to hear it because that 2021 is still like seeped in my mind with like how disastrous the ragdoll effects were like literally everything that was on screen with that one. So. last year's was good this year this year feels like a just a 2.0 from last year but it's still really good it's, it's a good game. it's going up and it's going up the uh, the 
upward trajectory after hitting the low bottom the low rock bottom so that's mm -hmm. good that, that's good to the know. rock bottom I'll, see uh, there. I'll get to your games <laughs> well because we have we, we both play them so i'm going to talk quickly about mine. i do uh, have a surprise edition that i do want to throw in at some point throw but, it out now throw it out uh, now then metroid prime remastered yes so <laughs> you actually bought it like the I, physical card? I bought it. No. I when I got up here, I tried to go to two separate places to find it physically, and there mm -hmm. were none. Dude, um, there's like such high demand and low product for this Metroid Prime game. It's like, it's crazy. It's like I didn't expect there was gonna be that much demand. I knew there was. I should have thought some. it through, uh, because it's a Nintendo game, and I went to a place that has less population mm -hmm. than then... where I was, so I should have <laughs> thought that went through that they wouldn't send a whole lot of physical copies but at least it wasn't the end of the world so yeah i picked it up for 40 bucks and i played the intro uh mission and station? started yes and i think i started the actual yeah yeah because i was running through the caves and everything and it's it's fun it's like i see why people were so big on it i see the heavy uh halo combat evolved Mm -hmm. uh vibes of it and so i was just like oh i if i had played this in the early 2000s this would have also taken up part of my personality it's, it's magical right just thinking like just picture this game in 2002 and yeah, they and they made I, like graphical improvements to this i i, I posted the uh the digital I've seen the comparisons. yeah it's like and I very much appreciate the changes to the controller. I didn't even try the old version um, because don't. I had a feeling it don't. was not going to be good for me. Mm -hmm. um, but with the way it was, it just it felt great. I put it on the casual mode just to like get a feel for it uh, before I really wanted to try challenging myself. Um, and it was just it was a good time all around, honestly. It's very um, on Nintendo, like the quality of the yeah. quality of this remaster, especially just. When you think, like, when I mentioned it, it's like, think about the last remaster we bought, Paul. Skyward yeah. Sword. <laughs> and that was just a not, not even an attempt at a game. And then before that being the Mario whole situation with that and everything else that Nintendo has done. This is just a, such a weird outlier that I'm kind of shocked that it's as decent as it is that you could hand it to anybody in this day and age and say hey this was a game from 2000 whatever but also it still plays really well try it out and then they're like oh yeah i get it rather than wow this game freaking sucks it's aged poorly mm -hmm. yeah not even um, not even so yeah close. i just i'm impressed with it and i hope that one day i'd play a little bit more of it i now that i'm getting more settled in i might actually be able to uh between now and uh actually getting my internet yeah <laughs> Yeah, which is, which your your mobile hotspot is working beautifully right now. You're not cutting. Yes, so. I, I. It's shockingly good, honestly. It's good enough that I was able to play Destiny Two yesterday, and I think I'm on the final mission or the second to final mission of the. Uh, Have you seen a cutscene that? that's basically a Rocky montage? Uh, yes. Yeah. Then you're in the where you're doing the the big um, let's get down to business mm -hmm. montage where you're like figuring out strand and it immediately kills you the first time and yeah. all the other stuff. Um, I appreciate that they're so focused on strand itself that that almost feels like very clearly what you're supposed to focus on. So I almost understand why they didn't focus on the veil as much, and because. I don't know. It felt like it was a let. We'll get to that when we get to that because mm -hmm. none of the characters know anything about it. 
They At just least tell you if it's I'm important. understanding They just right. tell you it's important. Yeah. They, it's like very clearly one of those, hey, they want it, so we want it first, even if they don't know what it's about. So then it's like, all right, now that we figured that out, then let's figure out more about the veil, I guess, is what I'm expecting is going to happen. Because everybody seems to be on the same page on the good guy side, which I kind of appreciate. There's no, I don't have time to tell you why I don't have time. And with the stranger XO being as weird and cryptic as they are, and then just not explaining anything. Um, at least now it's like kind of a level playing field on that side. It's just when the villains are all... What, how does Callus talk? We must not find the veil. Infinite apologies, master. The uh, in the way that he talks. The yeah. <laughs> with the veil. The, the weird the the talk about all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, their weird little video conferencing talks back and forth. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, it was fun. I expected the whole stuff between Rohan and Nimbus, but... Um, it's that, it's kind of nice as well. I the, love their that, designs. Yeah, that was the most... Oh, no. Anyway... <laughs> yeah because so, the whole thing it's such an 80s cliche this dude named rohan sebastian it's like this like super tall like uh silver surfer guy telling you he's about to retire and if an mm. hour later he dies <laughs> so... well so they technically said that whether or not he retires he's going to die anyway mm. it's because that, that was one thing I kind of liked that they added, where it's like, no matter how good you are, each of those people only let lives 10 years, and then they die. So it's like, well, I guess you might as well go out doing something crazy, um, which is kind of like bittersweet and really mournful for Nimbus, who's like so childlike and loving, and you're like, in 10 years, he's going to be taken out like Ole Yeller. They will be taken um, out. He's, yeah, he's, exactly. He's oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, I totally <laughs> forgot about that because I kind of skipped through a lot of the dialogue um, because I had such little time to play the game that I did not want to waste any time on anything that wasn't playing the game. And I think I even did, missed you, one of the cutscenes. Yeah, you probably did good because it's like a lot of that dialogue is not great. So it's like, why was Sterling about that story? But um, I'll save my Destiny thoughts for later. Uh, I went back to Death Space Remake. Uh, just to because there's another survival horror game that I also played it with its demo and I played initially with remake But then I got stuck on review. I was on review season for me. So Decided to play more. Uh, I'm near the end now when you're like pushing the uh, the artifact like oh, uh, yeah You're definitely near the end. Yeah, and what a fantastic game. This is such right? a Yeah, it's such a oh. it's such a great update and a great reminder of how fantastic that space originally was and yeah makes me even more sadder for Callista Protocol that it it wasn't even remotely as close as this. This in a, in a, I feel this is also Year of Outliers. It's crazy this Death Space remake came out from EA. Also, like it, yeah. that, that that's it feels so weird that it came from them that they allowed this remake to be so well made and so complete and so excellent when we always expect the worst from EA. Other from like other than their their smaller stuff and. Obviously, they've been like, it's funny, I, I got an email actually from them being like, do you want Dead Space 2? And I'm like, duh. <laughs> of, course, of course I want it. If, if it's going to be like this, of course, because Dead Space 2 and 3, like if anyone wants to like quote unquote continue the story, it's only on backwards compatibility on Xbox Series X and S. And they do have FPS boost for anyone that has Game Pass. They can continue the story there, even though there's been like some changes in the story that I've noticed more with, with, with the Dead Space remake. 
that I don't know if you could like jump straight to Dead Space 2 and it would make sense story-wise for it because they've been putting more dialogue, uh, more and more. Uh, the original Dead Space was a little bit more lore and gameplay heavy than narrative. I feel they added more narrative to this one, but but not like overbearing, overbearingly. So like your Isaac speaks in Dead Space Remake, he doesn't. Yeah. And in the in the original version, you just hear him grunt. But it's like so seamless that you don't even notice that that's a change. So I might as well. I can't wait to just finish it. And uh, you know, haven't tried this one, right, Sebastian? No, I haven't. I haven't tried it yet. I will though. Um, yeah, it's on my list. I'm a chicken, 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 chicken when it comes to horror, like horror centric games. So I I have to kind of build up that gumption, or at least have like some kind of like cushion to kind of like soften the blow or something to like wash it down with a- after I play something like horrific. So i i'm kind of on the fence of playing i have it you know i have it loaded up i just you know like the i haven't got quite the the heart from the wizard of oz yet play it on easy play it. just play just play it on easy you, you, you'll have it you if there's something that i really like about the Space remake that it's, it's such a differentiation from the other horror game that we're going to talk about is that uh, they're both they're both in the action heavy side but in one you feel you eventually feel super empowered the other one is actually making you feel like you're escaping by the skin of your teeth the way that they made that they made it that i feel like a that remake make uh this piece remake makes you feel very empowered in a way that doesn't like dilute its sense of quote-unquote horror but it's, it's it's more action horror in a way so i will say that you know like we've been dogging ea for a very long time in the games industry they're making a comeback like i think we're a year away from them probably being the number one publisher in video games if not already moment. like from third parties it's like yeah ubisoft is a disaster activision is just a call of duty machine uh ea just recently like from need for speed unbound which was Nefer- super well decent. received yeah. uh wild hearts actually mm-hmm. pretty like a, a pretty beloved kind of like mid-tier game from from yeah, you at, got at least, jedi survivor coming Jedi survivor coming in like super highly anticipated yeah. game uh they got mass Death effect up. The, the mass effect yeah, Mass Effect is coming back. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, well made after mm-hmm. how badly they handled Mass Effect before. Right now, EA, the only thing that's holding them back is their mishandle of Battlefield and their mishandling of Bioware. Because Bioware is still like their next game has to hit to kind of solidify that EA is like on better on better shape than the other ones. Uh, but I would say like we were talking about uh, comparing uh, 2022 to 2023 last episode, Sebastian. I would say like when I look at, when when I look at what games came out around this time comparatively the only thing that 2022 has over this batch is elden ring mm. as for like everything else i much prefer the games from this year wow. i think paul, i think paul agrees with me like when we when we compare like around the, the, this time last year we only got seafood horizon and this kirby and kirby we didn't play i played it until much later kirby, yeah, oh yeah, yeah it was actually, like kirby <laughs> came out this, yeah, this yeah, time though yeah, yeah around i think next week would be like the anniversary because it came mm-hmm. out the same day uh, the same time as Ghostwire Tokyo. It feels like we haven't gotten the Elden Ring yet, but we know those are coming. Then those are later in the year. A lot of these other games are like from great to excellent quality right now and in all the different kind of tastes that it just makes it more interesting. At least that's how I see it. To me, the only real miss, big miss, has been Atomic Heart. That's been like the only one. And then obviously because I'm the outlier on Forspoken, that's also the other one that wasn't that great. And of course, the studio's dead now. So... Yeah, I think you're right on the money. I think I don't think there's been a nine or ten out of ten like game that no, is like an original game this year. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I feel like there's game, a yeah. lot more 
a variety you know this year you know mm -hmm. like there is a lot more of um less uh, less so on the just flat out open world adventure games and more so like there's a little bit of something for everyone versus last year i feel like you had to kind of like pick and choose or even find like indie gems for like and if none of those big three spoke to you it, it was like find your few ted the, the two tens from the year and then a bunch of sixes or, yeah. or everywhere else so this feels like more eights and nines and i'm i'm mm -hmm. I, I'm, I much pref I'm, i much prefer that and and also even though it's, it's weird to me like my favorite thing that i played this year so far is still metro primary master because I'm uh, still, yeah I'm an still, older day <laughs> yeah but it, it's also a testament just how like timeless it is and how much like the the quality of that remake has uh, worked to, the remaster worked to its advantage um i uh as i was also playing uh, dead space remake i also did my toes back again to star wars jedi fallen order because i knew i was gonna do a, a replay now paul had already finished his early, earlier yeah. this year so i was like i have a, now i'm out of review season my destiny 2 rifle review is out out now uh over at season gaming and Shockingly, I landed right in the average. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't see all the other reviews. They all came out on, on Tuesday. I don't know who decided, oh yeah, all Destiny reviews are gonna land on Tuesday this week instead of like Monday. And I was like, oh cool, I wasn't I wasn't crazy. <laughs> it's a 775 expansion. <laughs> so um, That's good. Yeah, I was That's like, I, I knew that I wasn't crazy that the more I was playing, the more I was enjoying. The only one that came in low was the IGN review, and it's being roasted currently by the by the Destiny community, which it's been, yeah. it's been it's been it's been funny to see, uh, but yeah, I, I went back to Jedi Fallen Order. Right now, I'm on the going. I'm through the Tomb of Sepho, kind of like after you have after you unmask uh, the second sister. Mm. And, oh yeah. And I still enjoy this game, but I still gotta say it. I feel like after having played Hogwarts Legacy, just on production value alone, exposes this game. This like Jedi wow. Fallen Order. No, exposes it. Yeah. He told me that a few days yeah. ago. Wow. No, that's, that, that, that's the thing. I'm talking visual quality production. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a better game. I actually do prefer Jedi Fallen Order as a game. From like the way that it's been presented in production value, Deborah Wilson's bug out eyes that is they're still there. In in what like To be fair, I don't think there's ever been a game that's been able to actually solve that. I feel Frankly. like, ironically, Suicide Squad has solved that, and it sucks because the game, you know, it's not gonna be, it's not, it's not gonna be great. But uh, it was better for sure, and I would say that at least in the trailers, Jedi Survivor seems like it's working on that as well. I'll, and I'll that's give what, it and, that much. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it is clear right. Jedi Fallen Order back in 2019 had no money because EA didn't care about this game. They cared about Battlefront. They, they this was just like the game they let it respawn work on because it was like yeah sure do whatever you want uh, and then that's the big surprise that was a big surprise for them and now they put the money you can see it in survivor and it's in fact seeing the quality of survivor using the ign first and, and looping it back to this one i'm like yeah it's like this did the best with what it could but it's like i'm seeing it i was more in love with this game back then than i am now because i've seen now I've seen what its weaknesses are been exposed. There are going to be fixed. It's clear they got they got the money now, and that's why it's like most of my most anticipated game of uh, of this year still so far. Especially right now that I'm back in Star Wars Fever with uh, the Mandalorian. That third episode was very very interesting. I'm just amazed that Hogwarts Legacy is almost like a benchmark for you right now. No, it is for licensed games. 
Okay, because yes. I was about to say, I'm like, last night I was, you know, polishing this game off um, and, and completing this. By the way, I'm not 100% in this game. I don't think it's no, worth no, no, my it's 100%. Impossible. No, no, yes. no. When way. I saw that there's like a thousand collectibles, like Howard says, mm -hmm. it's not going to be a, that I like 100% in games. I'm not doing that. But mm -hmm. I'm, yeah. yeah, but again, like I specifically mentioned like the way the license is portrayed, the way the quality and visuals production value is put in. You can look at both and say that yeah, Fallen Order is better. You just can't. That's no, objective. I understand that. That is objective fact. And I think, and, and that's also like something that, that what I praise more of Howard's Lazy because I was not expecting that from that game to yeah. look that good for the first I, one. And I then, understand and, that. Yeah, and then I know that that Survivor is going to be so much better in the things that I know that now they have the money. That's why that, that's what I say. Like, and they had the core because that's the thing. Like, I loved what I like about Fallen Order is that it, it plays so well. It still plays so well. It plays so much better now that it does, it's not itching all the time on the PS5 version. I can actually parry compared to back in PS4 that it never felt like I could like parry all the time. I'd rather dodge back then. So, Are either of you going to finish Hogwarts Legacy? I am. I totally am. I he, uh, Paul did. did. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah I, I had to actually think about it. <laughs> That's how bad the ending was, man. Oof, it is yeah. so bad. Oh, the ending is bad. I um, I guess I don't really want to talk about spoilers to it right now because you haven't finished it yet. I know you don't care, Alejandro, but for no. the sake of it all, because um, it's like, it just, there's a lot of that I would expect out of maybe a final boss for a Harry Potter game. And that wasn't really what I was going to go for. Not in that reasoning um, for any of that. Can you calm this, down? The story <laughs> anyway. leading up to it was bad too. I'm like, why? It it, yeah. it seems like it was almost like someone who didn't necessarily. It seems like it was written by someone who wasn't like a super Harry Potter fan, like just on the outside looking in, and they were kind of like piecing together like different things, like that kind of would get you to that main like main boss battle, so to speak. Because yeah. I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, narrative, I believe that's like the common thing from all reviews. If you read around, it's like the story has been the one thing everyone said. Yeah, th that's not good. Like Hogwarts Legacy is carried by the love of the license, the way it's portrayed. Obviously, you guys already talked to death, which I didn't find the problem at all with like the whole how you use the magic on like on, on like the little timers and all that. I was like, these guys are crazy. It's like, this is fine <laughs> to me to me. And uh, but uh, that the story is the thing that I've heard. That is like the mm -hmm. one thing that holds it. So by, yeah. by, by just like on production value alone, I feel like from a license perspective, the only one that only like surpasses this is Spider-Man. And that, and that one is cheating. <laughs> yeah. Like the one I, like, I and, still think like the Batman games are still a better license game than these. Uh, mm. Put like this. Oh, put put no. like this. Uh, uh, come on. You got to be kidding me. Like in, in Hogwarts Legacy, if you follow the NPCs around, the NPCs walk into walls. They don't have a living life outside of, of just like you doing do, like whatever you interact with them in the moment. In the in like in the Arkham games, they adapt and they talk about like events after they happen. And yeah, Hogwarts like in Hogwarts Legacy, I'm like it, it's almost like you have an adventure outside of Hogwarts or, or like and you do minor things in Hogwarts and everyone still like lives their life and like and that feels ingenuine to Harry Potter because like if you look at Harry Potter's like books or the movies like yeah, Harry they have, to, they have to get 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 back in at night they can be they can be outside that, yeah but I mean like Harry can sneeze and it's going to be like a rumor meal you know what I'm talking about like everyone <laughs> reacts to anything that like anything like 
that's done in Hogwarts. Like he he asked a girl out and like the whole entire school knew about it. Like they were buzzing about it. And like in this game, like it almost felt like none of the the game never evolved. It yeah. was just like you. I recently played just... Arkham Asylum again, and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what's painting my thing. I've seen how it's aged. That's why mm -hmm. I don't agree with that currently. But the feeling was I don't different know for me. Than how... Yeah, that's a really slippery slope. Yeah, it's, to, it's slippery slope right now when, when you when, when you care about the way things are currently done. Obviously, yeah. Ark, Arkham was the template. They started this whole thing, and I will always right. and, and I will always respect it with that. To me, I always said that I prefer Spider-Man over uh, the Arkham games because to me, uh, Arkham then we can switch that, over to the the licensed Spider-Man yeah. games. <laughs> I mean, I would say I had more fun playing Spider-Man Web of Shadows on the 360 than Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's potato potato at that point for me. Like, mm -hmm. I think they're about the same caliber, but... <laughs> <laughs> I I had a... I'm 14 and this is deep age, and I would just replay Web of Shadows over and, and over again. And, and, and that's the thing. Web of Shadows was a really good game, despite like its garbage story and visuals, but it captured oh, the man. fun of Spider-Man back then. It's the only one in the 360 yeah. era that did. But it has it holds no candle to 2018. That's no, the one no, that the Sonic... Sure oh, of course. No, that's... Because that's <laughs> what I'm referencing. Spider-Man 2018 and Miles Morales are benchmarks. They're like at the top, to me. I would I, put, I'm like, right there with you. Yeah, I would put Hogwarts in yeah. like visual quality and, pre and presenting as we're living if it's not nailing every single detail of the thing right beneath it on production so visually yeah, in, in, in a in vacuum uh if we talk visually in action that's what i think sebastian is kind of speaking mm -hmm. to because mm -hmm. if you stand in a space visually and let it play out and watch it things look great until all of a sudden something starts to not feel right it's very ai art kind of look you're like oh yeah that looks great wait a second um and then it falls apart i think and i think that's to his point with that one but i, I will agree alejandro like when you're looking at it like you're on a hill and you're looking out into the world that is some gorgeous look yeah and well, you're i will also not fault the music mm -hmm. Uh, the music, I think, for the especially the final boss is was like the one saving grace for that uh, for, the for final that part, game for, the final for sure. Parts. Yeah, That's for the final. Similarly, Forspoken does the same thing. Like the music of yeah. the uh, final parts are like so cool, even if the boss fight is not that great. So that score is amazing in Hogwarts Legacy. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it has to uh, be. So at least we can. Yeah, and agree with that. It, like I have not underlined production. <laughs> I've been, yeah. I've been like underlining production that includes visual music, all of that gameplay. Yeah. That's oh, where yeah, I don't so agree. True. So that, that that's that's the thing that I'm like, yeah, no, Batman games are more fun to play. That, I stand with that. I'm just saying the yeah. way it's presented, and and of course, and unfortunately, other than Arkham Knight, the Arkham trilogy has not aged gracefully anymore. So oh, I I, I think City's still really good. I played it recently; it's not looking mm -hmm. good, but I like the story. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And also, well, that and, also and, depends on where you're playing it on as well. The, so that the, can kind of change. PS4, the PS4 uh, remastered is the only way that you can play them. I was so. I was playing on six Series X. I think it's returned to art, like return, the return to, to Arkham. Arkham the, yeah, edition, the virtue, yeah. the virtues, yeah. uh, the the. The collection made by Virtues, the uh, Vietnamese studio that apparently mm -hmm. currently did the a new port for the Outer Worlds for PS5 and Xbox Series says that it's trash. So, oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, and that sucks because I was like excited to dive back in into the Outer Worlds and I heard that. And I'm like, nope, not touching that. <laughs> but the original Xbox version uh, that originally came out got a Series X patch 
that runs it's on game pass isn't and it? it's on game pass yeah so mm-hmm. it's like that's what i found interesting is like oh that's interesting that they're selling like a enhanced edition of the other worlds but the one that's on game pass is the one that you may want to play if you haven't played the other worlds but but yeah enjoying enjoying fallen order uh it's just th- those are the things that i notice more that i know are just are things that a sequel will undoubtedly uh, undoubtedly fix and it has such a strong core to it. It's like, and also the charm. I forget how charming Fallen Order is with Cal and BD. BD is amazing. Yeah, BD, so BD, good. BD is just amazing. I, I forgot he BD is the one that saves you from Trela, like right, mm-hmm. at, like, right, right, right at the yeah. Like right, Homeboy right at the of, holds uh, it down. Time. Yeah, like when Star Wars nails their robots, it's like it, it warms my heart. There's like right now in Mandalorians. Uh, mm-hmm. nice There's a R5. BD unit. There's a, a DR5 unit. Mm-hmm. Oh that's yeah, with, him that, too. that's with them. That's also like I don't know the animated source that I fear for that when they send him that little road when they're Mandalore and he doesn't come back. It's like oh no, <laughs> and even from this last week's episode, I don't know if you've I've just seen it, but Mandalorian's really good right now. Like, it is really, really, really good. And it is very Endor episode this week. Mm-hmm. I was like it, even visually, shot. I was like huh. It's crazy, but but yeah, and uh, you may have noticed that I posted that I'm also playing Elden Ring, and so I like having podcast games, just kind of games that are just like gameplay heavy as I listen to, because I cannot do, that's the reason why I didn't finish Dead Space, because I had a mountain of podcasts that I wanted to like catch up on that I didn't, and I had played enough Destiny 2 that I was like, I need something to play else, because I played this expansion to date, and the one thing that popped up to me again was like, oh yeah, I still got Elden Ring. Uh, what do you play Elden Ring on? On PS5. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so the PC version I heard is not good. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's still to this day, it's not good. Uh, it, the console is the, the way to do it. I actually, I have finished that game before. I've mentioned it. I did a new game plus right before with the game of the year. I started a fresh run again and it's, uh, it's still magic. I don't know, like, even though I've criticized this game, like the things, especially because the my frustration with the ending aside, I keep getting back to this. Like, it's like Elden Ring is like I don't know. Like once I'm back in, I'm like, crap. I know some of these places, but I've, I'm rediscovering the map again, like from a fresh start, like unlocking like all the weapons. I beat Margaret the Fell in one try with my Bloodhound with the Bloodhound Fang, Paul. Like, in oh one yeah. Try. Like the, the guy with the cane, the the, the big boss fight <laughs> yep. that. That, yep. that got a stump without even using the jellyfish because i had forgotten hmm. where to find the, the the bell because remember mm-hmm. you have to find ronnie like a hospital to get these summons i i still hate how the whole game is built around the summons mm-hmm. and, and it's so easily, easy to miss it i never used the summons yeah exactly oh, it, it would have saved you so much back then like, I, the, I don't know if yeah because we never had this conversation sebastian but we kind of like did the digging for it with all of our back and forth about Elden Ring and basically the reason why a lot of the bosses feel very strange is because they're all designed to use the uh, the summoning spirits because you're not supposed to really fight them by yourself and it's just a matter of which one do you want to use. Um, some are way better than others obviously as well and there's no indication of really like which ones are supposed to be better than others. You just kind of try it out or watch a YouTube video. Until you find one halfway through the game that basically it's easy mode. And then you continue yeah. through the rest of the game called the Mimic tier. I played that anyway, game like Sekiro. Um, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't but that's the like thing. That. It's like you technically can. Uh-huh. Um, it's just way harder. That's and I exactly think that's one I of the... That's one of the issues I think that faced a lot of people because if you weren't connected, I think 
I don't remember the exact words, Alejandro, so you can help me out with this, but we were talking about how Elden Ring and a lot of the FromSoft games bring back this level of forced community mm-hmm. um it's to, NES, like the nes community yeah the nes it's style. like trying to beat death stranding by yourself you're just gonna hate yourself the whole time but you need to like talk to other people about it and be like hey how did you beat this thing oh yeah man i had to do xyz over here because there's a secret location over here you get this weapon and it totally beats it I, and the, it's the, like the, the term that we were using back then probably because zach also uses this is like the hunter tavern like you gather together, you hear different the different tall tales. From Bloodborne, of the, uh, uh, yeah, the taverns, yeah, yeah. and here and you hear everyone has changed their stories because everyone had different discoveries that others didn't have, and and it, that that was what was so fun about playing this like live when we were doing it because you would hear about all this crazy stuff and then you would tell them about this other crazy stuff that would happen and Paul, I found new bosses in the initial area. Now, oh my god, I don't know how. Like I don't know how I didn't know those were those things were there that that found like you you can find like the medallions that increase your strength and the endurance so much early down like down south in a in in a hidden cave by where the rock turtle with the thing climbed the first one that you see there's like extra hidden bosses there that I was like man and I played this game for like 150 hours already in like previous character new game plus and I'm still finding stuff. And, and it's crazy. And I'll I said it to you yesterday, Paul, uh, and chat. And I'm gonna make a a public statement now. I am amending my 2022 game of the year list. Elden Ring yeah. is the number one game of 2022. Sorry, God of War Ragnarok. He <laughs> he betrayed you. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when I think about too, which game I've gone back to more. I think that told it more to me. It's like I haven't felt the desire to go back to Ragnarok. Obviously, there's because I have the PS4 version installed. I could technically gain trophies again. And I'm a big trophy whore. I haven't had the desire. Instead, like I, I kind of want to plan on the Elden Ring also. So that's like that. That to me is what's insane. That was like, yeah, I gotta be true to myself. I wanted to not give it to Elden Ring to be a hipster. That was the truth, because everyone was giving it Game of the Year, and it was easy to be like, oh yeah, you're just like falling back in. But I'm going back to that game. I'm constantly like, I want to keep like playing it more again even though i know that i played that thing to death already and i would still want to do more test more explore a little bit more that i'm like yeah it's like it's that was the game that defined last last year and it is the best game of this generation so take it i'm, to I'm still on the other side of the fence i am very much god of war but no, i be, because you're I, more of a traditional single player guy and god of war is a traditional game but that has like it's amazing story beautiful visuals amazing combat yeah it for is, sure it is the complete package and that's why um I remember when I said it in our Game of the Year stuff with Paul that I was like, I would still say it back then when I played it, like experiencing God of War, uh, Ragnar was my favorite thing from 2018, that, uh, from 2022, that's what I put it at the top. But Elden Ring was like the most like impressive game that I played that year. But now yeah. as time has moved on, that impressiveness has like grown thunder in my heart. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, so... Even though, like, even though God of War Ragnar is still like miles ahead better than anything else that came out also last year. Those were the two big ones. Again, yeah. in a in a sea of fives and six and sevens, those were the two tens of that year. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm like, you still can, like, you can deny it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still um yeah, God of War Ragnarok. It's but more so because like I feel like it's almost like the the dark night so to speak it's like it's not necessarily a movie you watch over and over again you just experience it once and and it has that master class versus so, like elder ring feels like i actually do rewatch the dark night a lot so i'm trying to think of another movie that i don't re- i actually uh logan 
Logan, you know, yeah. like that's yeah, one that I haven't rewatched since then, and that I thought the movie was amazing. <laughs> yeah, for me, as yeah, I was using the Dark Knight for me mm -hmm. personally. I probably watch it once a year, but like ah. it's one of those things to where I'm like, I feel like Elden Ring is almost like a God of War Ragnarok. It's it's easier to pick up and play. It has more of that like replayability factor and accessibility factor to where like you want to go back to it. It's almost like a sitcom, you know, like it is just a <laughs> like a comfort food thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a comfort food thing. I, I yeah. and you know, I think both games are exceptional. I just, you know, in personal preference speaking, you you mentioned that I'm a more of a traditionalist. Mm. So, yeah, I'm yeah. still more of the Ragnarok And I was there. Stuff. I literally was there around like this time last November and December. It's just more in recent times just when when i think more is like it lingers in the mind i don't know there's something about Elden Ring, like so actually i tell you you haven't seen some incredible stuff from Elden Ring, just based on why you told me where you are yeah like, i probably haven't i probably haven't but it's just that thing i'm like mm -hmm. Elden ring hasn't made me want to go back like mm -hmm. and there's I, I know i'm missing out on like 150 to 175 hours make me care about this land make me care about its characters make me care about its story or else i'm like what's the what's my insinuation oh good gameplay and exploration i'm like that that can only get you so far for me personally yeah it's like the more i've grown i i, I realize especially with how much i play destiny yeah. i have become more of a gameplay guy than yeah, that's than, that's than, great than, than, than story uh because my mind is very add these days i think paul you're in mm -hmm. the same way that you can't really laser focus on something or this it's like a story is really really great it almost feels like yeah. gameplay has to be the thing that 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 can that can keep you hooked unless like the story is absolutely exceptional that like, you just want to like see it and that to me like that was god of war like ragnar like even horizon that i loved last year the story eventually lost me like oh, I'm a, it, i like, love that like, story yeah like from but that's the thing like uh i don't remember much from forbidden west other than like the sci-fi looking people and the thing that's gonna come in the future and something like that i remember so the cool characters but that game was like more about exploring that world and some of like the little stories that I got, but I don't remember much about the story. I still remember point A, B, and C of Ragnarok's story because it's the only story from last year that resonated with me like that. But Elden Ring is like it's gonna be the inflection point of this generation. Like it's yeah, absolutely I, gonna, yeah, it's no absolutely gonna it. be, and and I hope that people take the good lessons from it because it's like Elden Ring really lingers lingers in the mind, even with some of his frustrations. The highs are so unfathomably high. And I, I tell you, tell you, beating Margaret in one fell, not as a new game plus character, but like as my weakling 15 level character with the Bloodhound Fang and killing it in one go without a summon. Yeah. I was like, I feel like a god. It has, there's, <laughs> no, there's no feeling like that. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm worried about that because like, I'm worried that we're going to get too many Elden Rings of the world. And because I'm like, oh, you know, we will. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at and, that point, I'm like, you know, I hope that doesn't define what a single player game is I mean, at that point. You know, it's like, kind of like how what we saw with Breath of the Wild we got a million breath of the wild clones but i think somehow we managed to eke out at least for the fear that we're talking about that there's still like a distinction for a solid adventure story mm -hmm. versus hey we're gonna throw you in a weird cartoonishly little world where everything breaks and everything kind of sucks and then you're like all right you kind of missed the whole point of breath of the wild but also i mean at least so, that exists Sebastian, you played ghost of tsushima right yeah, I played that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Paul, you absolutely love Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, here's where we're going. And Iki Island. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. So uh, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima is like a perfect example of a traditional open world that's checklist based and all that, still narrative focus, but embracing Breath of the Wild style diegetic design in the way you explore that world with like the mm. wind yeah. and all of that. I feel that's those are the things how they have to learn the lessons from Elden Ring. 
the design is like most important not that it's difficult and it's like completely obtuse that's from software's chick that's been their mm. shtick since back in dark souls they just made an open world open world dark souls where the vagueness of their linear stories like like other oh, linear designs interconnected worlds that were still fairly open and explorable like translated really well into like an open an open world so that's i think the lessons have to be learned like not completely like the only copy of birth of the wild that i saw was immortals and even then that was still a ubisoft game the only thing that i copied was the art style so it's design tennis that haven't been adopted and i feel like that's the thing that they have to make sure because for example people are saying like but hey people are like praising the minimal hot of Elden Ring but if you go back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla you could like turn all of that off and I'm like yes you can turn all that off the world is not designed for you to like really see uh, the world like you see it and like understand the topography of how you can explore it without like some sort of like signpost that's the masterful design of Elden Ring it's like it feels like in it feels so indelibly designed at every point, even on these places that I'm exploring now in this new playthrough that I'm like, dang, it's like, and I've been in this place before and just my curiosity now found me like an extra, an, an extra great sword here that I didn't expect I was going to get. So it's like, I, I hope we get one of, I hope we get like more games that are well designed, well polished, mm -hmm. very highly explorable, but I don't. I don't want that Elden Ring formula. I don't want them to focus only like give us light lore and and sort of forego a lot of the world building aspects because I'm like Elden Ring it, to me, you know, seems like it is a game where it is so exploration based, so gameplay based that it almost like if you, it, I, like I can probably poll like a hundred people and like a hundred regular people, not necessarily like gaming industry nerds, and I'd like. I bet 75% of me, of them couldn't tell me what exactly was going on in that world, you know? And no one cares. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. the beauty about it. That's, that's the one thing that Elden Ring gets away with that. It's like, it's like mm -hmm. you can't put it not having a narrative against it unless you're like judging it from a very specific strict uh, adherence or checklist of what you want like your best games to have. It's like what Elden Ring does is that what, what it does with stories, like it's so, in, it's so, such in the background is there for the people that want it but at the but what it does is that it puts the it puts any narrative trust in the hands of the player like for the player that really wants to understand like the lore and everything it's like there's so much lore and it's not lore light it's lore heavy it's almost yeah. insane how much lore there is in Elden Ring that it's there if you're willing to like see through it like observe like the world like uh find the small little trinkets the, the dialogue that you find from random npcs in fact even neil Druckmann, which we we're going to talk about uh later later in this episode uh in a recent interview with gene park from the washington post he said that elden ring is inspiring him into oh, what no. they're going to do for the next thing because they understand because they've seen like the player response is oh, like that sucks because yeah. he's actually making like really good games right now and i feel like very much like he's an outlier of like the games he's make, you can't like the games he's making right now. The games, the last couple of games he's making, you can't have. A, you don't have a contemporary for those. I'm like, you don't have anything like that in the market right now. And yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't want him to lose that just because he's facing, you know, following a trend. And let's and, be honest, Elden Ring it, is a trend. Yeah, it is. And imagine them, everyone uh, following that trend and adding the things they do well. Imagine it improve lore and exploration in a Naughty Dog game. That's not so, especially now that it's like explorable. Last of Floor 2 was, had a section that was highly explore. explorable. Mm -hmm. And that they became more narrative. It's like they've not, because they know that's why the gamers currently want. Like, like Elden Ring resonated for a reason. 20 million 
in the bank say like 20 million copies like sold like speaks yeah. the, it speaks the tale so so yes like, i it, it's crazy like uh i wasn't expecting to do i was like, so adamant i'd be like no god of war was my favorite thing that i played in, in 2022 and i think that was more because 2018 means so much to me i told that story to paul many times i don't think i told you that story to you sebastian or maybe i did that 2018 was what rescued me from like yeah stopping you gaming. So, mm-hmm. so that's why like i at 2022 had that extra baggage for me but now when i have like the more like bird's eye view industry-wide or seeing where things are going i'm like yeah paul was right hashtag <laughs> for mm-hmm. uh, because he's the one that put it as, as number one so but he had a different metric because he played it for like three months. Like uh, that's not what I. Yep. That, that that's not my metric for me. I don't care if I play a game. It for can like be months. all things to all people. All right. No. <laughs> so so Paul, would you be more excited to see a more like a Naughty Dog take on Elden Ring no. versus a Last of Us or anything? Though I um honestly I think that it only works the way it is and the attempt at. You know, it's like the goose that laid the golden egg. Mm-hmm. Um, to break it apart and understand what happened and why it worked is going to ruin the fact that it worked. And I don't think anybody's going to capture that lightning in the bottle the way it was because that was something that I think I spoke on it where I felt like I was playing Wind Waker for the first time. Where for me, Twilight Wind Princess. Waker was strange and obtuse and like you had to like really use some crazy thought processes to solve things but it was like in a fun way rather than frustrating you were going to game facts and you were talking to all your buddies at school about what secret thing you found in the game and this was like the first time i felt something like that in such a long time where it wasn't like oh you missed the cool thing now you get all boring stuff until you finish the game it was like no matter where you went or what you did you were finding cool random stuff that nobody had ever seen in the internet and I think that's like it was just so dense and it worked somehow. But um, to I, even the devs, I think they were interviewed, said, hey, we don't know why Elden Ring worked so well, so don't expect us to do it again. Mm. And like not even they themselves understood what made it work so well for everyone. And so I think that's the perfect summary of this whole situation where, yeah, I would love more gothic medieval weird Mm -hmm. fantasy stuff maybe in a much easier way to play for some people but i think well elden ring exposes that there's so many gamers that love not having their hand held a little bit and i feel like if they if if that's like the overarching like lesson they can learn is that trust your player a little bit more don't give them puzzle tips every 10 seconds but then give them so many tools Uh that it doesn't matter that you're not teaching them because i think that's the only reason that worked Mm -hmm. because we've always already talked about the whole idea of uh i don't know if y'all have seen there's a recent trend where people are hating on the fact that resident evil 4 remake has the yellow paint on the barrels that you can break Mm -hmm. and people are complaining that it's like oh my gosh you can't do that and then like people are coming to coming out of the woodworks on the dev side where it's like listen we've tried to force players to do certain things they will literally not notice mm-hmm. the ground beneath their feet unless you tell yeah. them it's there sometimes visual language is um, so important and that's the thing that Elden Ring had is like it had very specific yeah. visual language that made its entire like obtuse thing worked if you're like under especially that game stops you it literally stops you to explain you stuff it they explains you a mountain of stuff that you can even access back in the inventory that you can completely forget that they even told you 
like in a lot of texts, like some of the things that it's trying to teach you. But it's all about like visual design and how things are things are done. And I know Naughty Dog like even ran into that. Naughty Dog games also have like the paint paints yellow stuff specific places that allows you to understand where you're supposed to go, even like the way like some camera nudges you. And I feel Last of Us was like, uh, especially part two, gameplay wise, was a nice evolution of that, that it was still a linear game, but it felt like it was a little bit more wide open and it was still nudging you. And I feel like what Neil Druckmann wants now is like trying to see like uh, if the player feeling empowered in, in, in their way of how they interact with the game and be able to solve a game can still like, translate to their design sensibilities, which is like st story narrative heavy games. Like I, I hope so because I, I when I say I don't want ten thousand, uh, I want like ten in the, like Elden Rings in the world. It's all it's hard enough right now being a single player gamer. Like let's be real here. Like there's only like twelve real studios who are doing it on the AAA level, and each one of those, you know, we get like a major AAA game every uh, like four to five years, and all those have like different designs and different DNA. Like a FromSoft game, we know is going to be vastly different than what Naughty Dog is doing, mm -hmm. and and that difference is it's like if you like both of those games then you're feasting if you don't like one of those games then it's like at least you have the other one that you can rely on and mm -hmm. it to hear that neil would want to have something that's more not like elden ring inspired sort of like makes me feel sad it's just like, because i'm like that could mean that you know like hey we we want to add a we want to work on a game that could be like our take on what the what an Elden Ring game could be, and the, at that point, I'm like, we already have that. We already have the Elden Ring type of game, and you're doing something that no one else is doing right now in the industry with The Last of Us. We, you know, like even if you didn't want to necessarily do The Last of Us, if you do games that are still among that ink, like ilk, you still have something that is completely one one v one that anyone else is doing in the industry. Yeah. We'll see in three or four years. That's a long development like mm -hmm. development lasts, and see like what things uh, developers adopt. It took a yeah. while before we got the Breath of the Wild like inspirations. Even freaking uh, Horizon Forbidden West had a little bit of Breath of the Wild in it. Yeah, that for took, sure. How, that took how long? Four or five years. So it's just like showing something. It's like people will follow. Like they said, twenty million sold. Yeah, and not not a live service. Twenty million sold. Uh, that they will, and even then, I would even say like something like uh, Hogwarts Legacy like when you're outside in the world has a little bit of Breath of the Wild inspiration in it a little bit. Uh, so you're slowly seeing that seep into like more traditionally like checklist style games. So I think that's what's gonna happen. It's just that now I feel like if Breath of the Wild was inspiration, Elden Ring will now be the inspiration because it's like the more recent thing, and people will really realize that people will try and they're not gonna replicate what Elden Ring did because at its core is a Dark Souls game. I think that's what people forget. Like, the Dark Souls yeah. ethos translated well, but Dark Souls doesn't I mean, fully translate for everything else. So The world still spins and everyone's gonna try copying the thing that did really well, so... This, here we are <laughs> yeah it makes I, i'm not super worried because spider-man's coming out this year and it's spider-man's gonna sell buku's amount of money so that's why it's like yeah just let's just be held be thankful that so many games are like highly successful in a different elk in the single yeah. player in the single single player game it's not just one here and the other ones are bombing be like, no you gotta do that just, yeah people are gonna notice it with Elden Ring because it definitely has that staying power that just look the internet exploded with a concept art for the dlc that's all you need to know, like like how how big the impact mm. of that game is. Like just like Skyrim was ten I, I plus think, years I, ago. 
I think the copying thing um, sort of has like gamers a little tentative right now, especially on the single player side, considering we just lost Rocksteady to the Suicide Squad. You yeah. know, like that True. that that makes us kind of feel a little bad. Yeah, right but now. also think when they made that shift and when was the yeah. last game? Like they made their shift to when they did that right when the live service bubble was bubbling strong mm -hmm. back in like 2016. Now it's like that bubble has finally popped. Unfortunately, they took way too damn long, and now it's like an. Apparently, it's like apparently it's not even sure it's gonna come out in 2023. That's gonna be like a even more significant delay. So imagine if they started like ripping away the live service stuff. If that ends up happening, we'll so, see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Paul, we played the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw demo that we talked about yes, when we, we were did. in the news and we got a leak. And then right as we ended the recording, it was like it it launched and uh, I played this demo. I kid you not, ten times. I played it and replayed it. Found a secret that you can get it the TMP, like very early. You can look, you, you can look that up and get it to test. Like seeing all the TikTok videos of people like grand slamming grandmas like to the to the back, uh, and now seeing like the, the the PC version demo could be modded, and now it's yep. like Leon Kennedy against Shrek. God, <laughs> like, is that I, uh, I'm so glad. Like, cause we've been talking about the place that campiness has in mm. the world in general not just video games and then on top of it not just resident evil mm. uh, as a series because it is just such a perfect blend of really creepy horrifying stuff but then also cracking joe like really silly joke. um and stuff that you just wouldn't take seriously at all in fact i had i don't know where it went but okay i found it <laughs> Uh, I found out that I accidentally have uh, Leon's leather jacket. Do you really? Evil. I like do. That, the, the, the brown I'm going to go get it. Yeah, I'm going to grab it, it because it's actually it. cold in here. I'm going to wear it now. <laughs> go wear it. Uh, Sebastian, did you download the demo? No, no. I'm going to wait for the full game. Yeah, I, you're, you're, I, you're, you're, you're so close. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I've never played um, four before. And at this point, I just want to play. I play it all as opposed to just having the piecemeal. Like, Hey, you don't have to. It, this game's legendary enough. You don't God, it, it, it really that. is. It really yeah. is a jacket. I had that yep. also, and it didn't fit anymore, so I had to get rid of it. But where'd everybody go? Bingo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I feel like here's what's so funny is like this is canonically following up the remake of Resident Evil 2, kind of like tonally, but they managed to capture the cheesiness of Resident Evil 4. That, like, it just in the demo that I saw, like, even like the one liners from Leon, uh, Deflate, do you get to do the flaming uh, cow, Paul? Like, <laughs> I, I was running around for my life, yeah, trying to survive that situation, uh, because things just fell apart very quickly. I was trying to see now, tell me, is the shotgun in the demo? Yeah, in the exact same spot as it is in back in Resident Evil. You see, I, I could have sworn it was in one of the left houses, it is, but either like the layout's different or something. But I got super missed. Like, there's two left houses when you go in, it's the second yeah. one that's closer to the bonfire. Second one, okay. I must have had some issues because by the time I got caught and I was just panic running through figuring things out i had a hand grenade i used the hand grenade i had a flashbang i used the flashbang yeah. i was trying to survive um i didn't kill the chainsaw guy but i was i was surviving and i was keeping myself alive that guy the they it, uh... made chainsaw guy which is a such a classic enemy from original resident evil 4 yeah. that you could cheese like so easily back in the original game that i played it so many times that the that the village section like the, the, the initial village section like I like I'm such a boss in that section in the original one with how many times I played it that none of my strategies are 
at all transfer for this one even though like this game plays so much better like it actually plays modernly like the the, the modern resident evil move and shoot that they've added that has actually worked it works really well for this game they have added the intensity of the enemy encounters uh they still have the exact same spanish dialogue that always cracks me up uh they always tell you in spanish uh, be, behind like detrás de ti imbécil they tell you and uh and it's like they they capture that so well and uh and then like i got killed so many times by the chainsaw guy uh like i got like grabbed by some i was like, trying to break three and in one that i got to break free right on time to parry with the knife like the Ooh. chase and, and and i got to like parry that's like something new you could do in this game that you couldn't do it's like is it just a red level of ridiculousness that i know how ridiculous this game's gonna get halfway through when we get to salazar's mm. castle i want to see how they do uh the little napoleon guy paul like in, it, with, with, with like the new, with I, the new didn't thing. they show at least how he looks i think from, from from like behind i think we saw it in one of the it's state of play trailers what was his name it's not sadler it's uh yeah, salazar. salazar yeah ramon salazar uh, Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4. Yeah, yeah. they've totally yeah. shown him. Yeah, it's like he looks like so much older. <laughs> like, he looks horrifying, and yeah. that makes a lot more sense with the way that his character is. Because what was it? He's like actually a kid. Mm -hmm. An infected um, kid. And that like, that like was a... the big reveal, and I was like, he looks like a kid the whole time. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot more sense to make him look like this horrifying creature <laughs> yeah. practically and i'll say this paul like mm -hmm. in pictures this game looked worse than it actually looks this, yeah, this definitely. thing looks stunning because we mentioned it was like because after seeing how great that space remake looked and some of the footage that we were seeing it was like hmm there's something here it's like it's not looking quite right and then when i actually played i was like no never mind it's like this this thing looks stunning both of these games are gonna like One's not gonna like overstep over the other. It's like it feels it feels like they're both nailing it. In fact, uh, Jim Park has been like, if you follow his like quote tweets and like their responses, he's, he does to like a very big PlayStation fan called Pio over on Twitter. He insinuated he's already be they got this game very early. He's beaten it six times already, like in like in, like in speed through, and that tells me a lot. I'm like, oh, uh, so that means it must be real good if you want to like play it over and over and over again in the review environment it also mm -hmm. means like if you've got that game that early they really have faith in it exactly mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so so and resident evil games are tight what i love about modern resident evil is like they're like the kind the the games that you can enjoy in a weekend they provide such a great experience we enjoy playing village a lot back back in the day you more than i did paul because i remember i i deflate on village as it kind of goes along uh yeah but i absolutely love re2 uh like biohazard i played twice in the same in the same year when i got the ps5 version and i put this as this was one of my most anticipated this was like second third most anticipated game for this year and even then just what i played i'm like oh man this is i'm gonna devour this next friday like i just yeah. i cannot wait cannot 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 wait uh and i hope you get to try it Sebastian. obviously you're not you just said you're not gonna play the demo but no i'm not man, gonna play it, the demo but yeah, it's like it's a like Capcom again, Paul. Capcom don't miss. They haven't they haven't been missing. Like they it's, it's, really it's insane. Don't. Yeah, it's insane. Like they just don't miss. And they're touching the sacred cow that is Resident Evil 4. A game everyone considers perfect, even if it's not. But I almost feel like this is a layup. Like I, I am I am I mistaken in that? Like this game is just like 
a phenomenal like one of the most well-received games of its generation and like if you put in the re engine if you even if you made it 1v1 i'm like it felt like a layup to me it never yeah. <laughs> felt like something that was in question of like oh that could be bad i was just like no exactly because 4 is so beloved and that's the thing people made the argument that even if you play re4 on its terms like how it was designed because the game was designed on its limitations it's still such a perfect beta game i can attest to that having played that game every year this is the first year i haven't done it because we're getting we're getting the remake because i was like might as well just wait yeah for, for, for a remake for, for that playthrough and even then what i played uh when you go up the church tower paul in this one there when you went back in the original there was hidden shotgun ammo there when you go up there there's nothing and you fall and the, and the floor falls when you go to, when you go when you go to the church so they're like playing oh, with shoot. they play with your expectations with the things that you know were there and so, so i'm like i can't wait i know that game too hard and i'm going uh -huh. to see how they how they uh retool some things very 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 sad they killed the dog i was like actually when i got to see it i was like that made me so damn sad because there's a dog that you can rescue early on that then helps you with a troll fight later on the original yeah. party four that in this one he was just dead i was like no the dog so it's, it's a, yeah, yeah it's interesting to, it's just interesting to see how they're nip and talking the remake and yeah. it, making improvements where it works like the the way that you do weapons now with like the x cross that looks like uh uh last of us like it has mm -hmm. the exact same kind of like ui layout that you do with like the d-pad and oh yeah 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 that's like because before to change weapons in re4 you had to go to the attach case stop the game mm -hmm. like and that's the, the attach case is still in the game in fact it also has auto uh, arrange that it wasn't there in the original one so that's gonna save a lot of time for people that like organizing their attach cases it's a uh, I think they got a banger here, and I can't wait. It's coming next week. It's it's insane to me that it's that soon. But also, if it hadn't been delayed tomorrow, we would have been playing Jedi Survivor, Paul. March 17 was the original day. I really don't need to remember yeah. that that was going to happen because I still want that game so badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't. I tell oh. you, Jedi Fallen Order like has been like feeding me, feeding my excitement, even knowing that in the ways I can improve but it's gonna be improved I just, I just my recent it. Star Wars revisit for pretty much all of uh, Mandalorian mm -hmm. season 2 uh, the good episodes of Book of Boba Fett and mm -hmm. then all of season 3 of the Mandalorian has me just freaking ready I, yeah, it, for no, more Star Wars it, it feels good to feel excited about Star Wars like it, like just in general I tell you I was scared last year and it feels good to be excited to Enjoy to yeah. just enjoy being in that universe. Ah, uh, oh man, can't wait. Just one more month for that one, and next week for that one. We're going to take a little break before we go into the news. All right, we are back from that break and into the news. So, Paul, press X. Or some news. Story number one. We were talking about him earlier on in our Elden Ring discussion, so... Uh, story number one by Tom Ivan at BGC. Neil Druckmann explains how Naughty Dog chose its next unannounced games. Uh, in an interview with Kinda Funny, Druckmann was asked if he felt under pressure to create another hit IP like The Last of Us or Uncharted, which Naughty Dog owner Sony could turn into a multimedia franchise and support for years to come. Druckmann responded by saying that the studio's success has afforded it the luxury of being able to choose to work on what it's most passionate about. I am very lucky that I don't have to think like that, he said. I joined a studio that was already so successful that we could be kind of prima donnas and just do whatever we thought. Prima donnas. Prima, do prima donnas, okay. Yeah. 
and just do whatever we want. I know not everybody has that privilege, but it's not something I take lightly. So at the, at the end of every project, we purposefully explore several different projects. Some of them might be a sequel and then a bunch of new ideas. And then we really feel like, where do our passions lie? Because that's the fire that has to sustain for years to come. And if you pick the wrong project and then you burn out from that idea because you weren't that passionate about it, two years into a four-year project, you're effed. That's how you, I think, make mediocre anything if you lose your excitement from it. Druckmann wasn't willing to divulge it. The studio has chosen to work on The Last of Us Part 3 or something else. I know the fans really want The Last of Us Part 3, he said. I hear about it all the time and all I can say is that, look, we've already into our next project, so the decision has already been made. I can't say what it is, but that's the process we went through, that there was a lot of consideration of different things, and we picked the things we were most excited for. This tells me Last of Us Part 3 is not the next game for them. Like, no. At least not right now. We know there's a Last of Us game coming, Factions, the multiplayer one. Yep. They, uh, In fact, they have pretty much said it's actually going to be a full-fledged game, not just like a mode. Right. I think um, I, this doesn't shock me, really, in the bit uh in the least bit because after everything that was two uh i could see Druckmann after all that just needing like a break from everything mm -hmm. uh that man needs to or needed at least to really get some distance really reevaluate a few things really get some uh love for life again <laughs> and uh clearly that was gained for a lot of the show as we've already discussed and talked about so that's where a lot of people were thinking, oh, maybe he's going to jump right in. But it makes sense that they've already kind of made that decision before this even happened. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of glad that it's going to be something completely yeah. new. Um, and I will, we've already talked about how there needs to be more IPs. Um, mm -hmm. And even if it is something kind of in the vein of something else, at least it's going to be um, Naughty Dog. And you, you know I love me some Naughty Dog. And we always talk about two categories in this place it's uh f ubisoft and it is whatever naughty dog is doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that seems to be whatever we talk about the most but yeah, oh, yeah overall we've been talking I'm about just... what's next for naughty dog since like we restarted the show back in like episode one basically so, uh, so Sebastian, whatever it is i'm here yeah, for it sebastian you're with me that we are in the super love camp of part two right Oh yeah, for sure. I one of my favorite games of all time at this point. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, Paul is like more polarized on it. He loves parts of it, but he is uh, like he loves the gameplay, but the story is not for someone mm -hmm. as let's just say black and white as he is. More mm -hmm. <laughs> so, or uh, less. Yeah, but uh, I even been saying that Naughty Dog deserves it. The, the, deserves the time to do something new. The the Druckmann saying this on the heels of Neil like saying that to gene park on the interview that i mentioned that he had seen like uh or like trying to learn some of the lessons he's he, he found about like environmental storytelling and player agency with elden ring that tells me it's like they're in the concept of like doing something completely different from what they usually do but he specifically did mention in that interview is like everyone knows what naughty dog is and naughty dog is going to stay doing what naughty dog does is just how we do evolve the naughty dog formula to what uh gamers seem seemingly want so now it's like now we have to hope that there's like a place freaking playstation showcase where we can start hearing like when can they announce any of the games because they have nothing announced other than we know their multiplayer game is coming he literally said in the same interview that i actually listened the entire thing um that later this year we're gonna finally get all full details of this whether it comes out this year or not that's we don't know but this is the 10th year anniversary of the last of us that's crazy and obviously the tv show just ended uh, last uh 
Lasani did. Have you seen all of it, Paul? Or are you still missing episodes? I'm still missing from what was the last one? I think maybe five or six, I think. So I've got a few more. I think you watched the one where the, the one that the last one I remember you talking in our chat was the better. Kansas City? No, after Kansas City. Okay. Uh, Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was the last one that I watched. Yeah, so you're missing the one, one that we thought was a little bit rushed. Yeah, uh, I like uh, that one. Oh. No, no, that's the thing. I like that episode, except the Colorado. Part, the, the, the yeah, the last scenes mm. of it, kind of. But anyway, yeah, my least episode, <clears throat> my, my least favorite episode was episode seven, the Left Behind one, because okay. uh, oh. because my thing is that that story works for me better when you play the whole game and you get that story in hindsight, not as part of the not as part of the story, because mm. that. Uh, it slowed the pacing more, especially because they did a similar kind of episode with Bill and Frank, which was masterful. Like mm. that episode, it left me like with uh, in the SpongeBob, like like the, the, the SpongeBob meme that he's alone in the in, in the Krusty Krab, yeah. like uh, it's contemplating. That's how I was left with that episode. That, the other one was like, if they're gonna do Bill and Frank, they shouldn't have done Left Behind right then. But I enjoyed it. I feel the ending. They ended it. Left Behind would have been a great episode for season two. I wouldn't have. Imagine oh man, I think that. that I think um, Left Behind should have been like in the intro first three or four episodes. Yeah, yeah, I would have like if they were gonna do Left Behind, they shouldn't have done Bill and Frank. That's what I feel like. It's like they did two similar, uh, two, two, two kind of uh, two similar episodes that way. And Left Behind at least has that you understand where Ellie comes from. I since I know that that episode didn't quite work for me, but I know it worked for many. But I love the last two. I love the winter chapter. I love how they did the ending. In fact. The ending of the this finale was so short, like 42 minutes, yet they hit all the they hit all the uh, all the all the beats it had to hit. And the hospital scene, it's actually more horrifying seeing it as a TV show than like as a game, because it, it, it's different seeing it that way, like almost the exact same actions. Uh, but yes, yeah, like season two is already confirmed. We know he's working on that. In that interview, like even Neil Druckmann mentioned that. Uh, the toxicity around part two was like such that he definitely needed to step away and that the positive reception to the TV show was a reminder. Like it was a good fueler. Like it had extra fuel to attack him uh, into his creative juices. Uh, now it seems it seems see, things seem more positive again around them. So we'll see like what they do next. Uh, and I can't wait for the controversies to restart anew when season two rolls around. <laughs> I, I, you know, The Last of Us Part Two came out, what, 2020 at this point? Three years. You, you know, like, Can there's no way that they've just been working on The Last of Us Faction since that, you know, especially a studio that big. I, they, I, they just shipped also uh, Part One last year. Yeah, I know, but that, like, there's also, like, um, support studios that they have um, for the PC ports and such. So it's not like all them doing, you know, like all they were doing was shipping the part one and yeah. uprising part one. Yeah, you know I, what know I, mean? they are, I know they're a big studio. They can have like two or three projects like incubating mm -hmm. at a certain point and then they ramp up on one. Then they yeah. ramp up on the other and that starts like pre-production. Then they ramp up on the other. So there's always something like percolating that before they used to do like full production for like two main games at the time. That was back in Uncharted 3 and the original Last of Us. And then they said that that didn't quite work for them with like the workflow because that screwed up Uncharted 4 like when they needed to like pivot back uh, pivot back to that so they have like smaller pre-productions now so we know that they have that I just want to see what, what what is their next game is it a purported fantasy game or is it a space game that's been like the two things that had been like rumored 
four down. I hope it's a superhero genre game, very similar to Invincible. Because, like, well, you remember like the comics that Haley yeah, reads? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah I hope Savage, it's like Savage Starlight. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they almost bring that to the the forefront, to where they kind of do something in that. And thing. the collectibles in part two, the little cards, they're literally mm -hmm. like all superhero stuff. Yeah, I think they've been. Doctor I think they've been, Yeah, Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> I think they've been laying the groundwork for this for years, and I feel like they've been doing that for a purpose. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Like I, I still love Naughty Dog. Like Naughty Dog is still like top at such a top tier developer for me, and I can't wait to see what else new from them can be. Then they do their, do your new thing, and then if you are feeling passionate, then go back to Last of Us Part Three. Just take a break from that a little bit. Like factions will be will fill the tank enough for that, Ugh. and maybe even a PS5, maybe even a PS5 port of Part Two. I would love to platinum that game again. <laughs> so. There's no way that like there's no way they're, they're looking at like the success of the show and thinking like, oh, OK, we, we got like 10 years before we could put out another game, though. Yeah. Yes. It's also interesting what they say, that they're not mm -hmm. feeling the pressure by us. Yeah. It's easier to, to see Sony being like, you got to do that. You got to do that. So it's, it's it was seeming like that when part one was coming in because it was like, oh, so this is happening because the TV show is kind of coming in and we're seeing all the. TV adaptations of all the other stuff happening, the hard synergizing with release games or even purple, uh, unnecessary remakes coming up, like that Horizon Zero Dawn remake that still like makes my blood boil, knowing that that exists, uh, with the original Zero Dawn looking so damn good still. But uh, hey, and here's what we forget: Naughty Dog is the vice president of Naughty Dog now. He's just not like a lead; he heads that studio now, <laughs> like he raises from the ranks. So. He is like speaking like from the top. He would know, so yeah, they're not sure. feeling the, they're not feeling the pressure for that. And uh, we'll, let's see what they're passionate about. Let's hope it's just something a little less dark, just to kind of like bury it up. Because that was what's what was great about Please. having Uncharted <laughs> and Dark uh, and Last of Us. Like they both, they were playing on two tones. Let's see them play in a different tone. Still quite mature, but just not like very dark and depressing. Even though I did love the dark and depressing part too. So yeah. Story number two, uh, I by Tom Ivan, also from BGC. IO Interactive says the next major Hitman game is a little bit on hiatus. While the studio plans to continue evolving its World of Assassination trilogy, it appears to have shifted its primary focus to its upcoming James Bond project. Uh, the... Where, where else? Okay. In January, IO rebranded 2021's Hitman 3 as Hitman World of Assassination and incorporated content from Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 into the package. It also added the new game mode called Freelancer, a single-player offering featuring roguelike elements, strategic planning, and a customizable safe house. Uh, IO told Eurogamer that fans can expect further experimentation with what Hitman can offer before the studio eventually begins work on a new mainline series. Uh, IO co-owner and chief creative officer Christian Elmer added, Right now, a major, major new Hitman game that's a little bit on hiatus as we're building another agent fantasy that's also taking up a lot of our time. But obviously, we'll come back to beloved Agent 47. He's still very much in the heart of this company. They announced this Double uh, Seven project back in like November of 2020. So that's been like three. And 2021 was when Hitman 3 originally launched. And we got World of Assassination a month ago, was it, Paul? A month or two ago? Earlier this yeah. year? Yeah. So, Ooh, excuse now, me. Project Bond, Project 007. I can't wait to see how they do that, especially if they do Wacky Bond, like they do Wacky ah. Man. I could see it. I mean, there's going to be a million different uh, references to the old movies, different items, different. I mean, you know, he's going to have like gadgets from Q, all and not just the main ones that he uses, but all of the really dumb stuff that was from the background. Like, you could make it 
like a hitman style goofy use the giant exploding pen or something weird the uh the oh the objection seat the um wheelchair rocket launcher like just the weird stuff but um for the actual news related to this i don't know how much i am going to have to say but what i do have to say is that um it doesn't shock me because obviously they've already talked about they're working full-time on the james bond game Mm. uh hitman 3 had a very solid like this is the end to this arc um it wrapped up all the plot threads from that whole Mm. trilogy that has been going on for a lot of years now uh and stuff calling back from the originals so it's like they also very clearly want the new world of assassination uh rebrand to be their big live service like weekly updates for the next foreseeable future that role mode that role like mode tough but i liked it a lot it is very very tough because i did not realize how necessary the little items they give you at the start of normal hitman levels are until they give you nothing mm-hmm. like i i always started with my little lock pick i started with the little coins mm-hmm. and to not be able to use any of that stuff to affect anything around you unless you pick it up in the world was really messing me up mm-hmm. and the one time i got a silence pistol i felt like a god yeah. because they don't t- penalize you the way they do for normal missions uh so if it kind of benefited you you could kind of take a couple people out before you took your target out and you were good but um man was it punishing and there's no way to save and if you lose anything you completely like there's no permanent unlocks at all and even if you leave your items in the safe house like your like lock picks and your bombs and stuff they still go when you die even if you try to save it so yeah hitman 3 such a great game uh sebastian uh, hitman 3 was my game of the year in 2021 you are kidding yeah it was the best game that came out in 2021 i was not kidding (laughs) there there was a low bar frankly for what was in the top 10 but uh yeah, yeah. It was, I, I it think was I between... put it in my 10. And you didn't play it at all. I didn't leave I conv- it at all. It was like you didn't play it at all until you hear Herodet that I put it as my number one yeah. when we recorded. Yeah, that was right. Uh, it was between that Guardians of the Galaxy and Kina. Those were like I my three. I love yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the story. The gameplay mm-hmm. eventually bored me after like, as, yeah. as it kind of went in, but the story was phen- phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. One of the few things, the stories that made me tear up also. So. But like Hitman 3, I'm a huge stealth aficionado. Like any game that you give me stealth, like I do full stealth playthroughs, like complete, like complete silent assassin. So this was like stealth Nirvana for me as I wait for Splinter Cell to eventually make it, make its comeback, which it's seemingly doubtful with you. So apparently, like in Death Throws, seems like. But yeah, Hitman 3 was such a fantastic video game, and and especially when I got to play it on PS5 because I played it on PS4 before, like I switched to the PS5 version, like until I got my console later that year, and. It sold like the it sold all the little quirks that were annoying about the first two hitman. Especially for you, Paul. I remember that with the shooting was what annoyed you. Uh, this one had the best one out of like yeah. the three and getting that all reworked with, with all hitman one and two and how they've been like constantly supporting it. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's I just can't wait for all of that to translate to Bond. Having rewatched all the Bond movies uh, earlier this year, like back in you January, watch all of them. Uh, all the person, uh, all the, all the he Brosnan, does that every once yeah, in a while. All, all the Brosnan and Craig movies, I got to like, okay. watch them all, like like, like all, all at once. And uh, 
the ending of No Time to Die Oaks hits in the heart still. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but that, I am a huge fan of that ending. Uh, Craig is my bond. Is yeah, he, we grew up on it 15 years, mm -hmm. like from 2006 to 2021, even though he was only five movies. The, Probably the was, longest run yeah. for years. Yeah, longest run, but not longest like entries. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if you include video games, he played Bond a lot. Like, because, because he, he played on Bloodstone and all the Seven Legends, that garbage, uh, the remake of GoldenEye. That's I'm ready for a new I'm ready for a new Bond. And I hope this game aligns with like they move away from the Craig uh, Bond, born identity style like groundedness, and we go back to Pierce Brosnan and like absolute madness. Like oh the, no, because <laughs> like that would fit well with him and three. Like with the, with him and developers, like the wackiness wasn't the Pierce Brosnan era. I mean, watching Goldeneye, it's like I had a, I had a stupid grin with like the the one liners, the the innuendos. Uh, the the the, uh, the Q the the original Q like that old guy was like so so I'm on the from, from I'm movie. on the opposite side I want a Christopher Nolan Bond eh, I, I want to see what that looks like isn't that basically what we got in Casino yeah. Royale yeah that is yeah. what we got but I like Casino yeah. Royale that's probably my favorite Bond movie yes True. but that's not the uh, yeah I I love Casino uh, Casino Royale is mm -hmm. I think Skyfall edged it out for me in this re in this recent uh, rewatch, but Casino Royale is such a fantastic movie. Um, but People I, sleep on Quantum of Solace. I know that's not like a great movie, like it's a, a great all-time like, bomb, but it's fun. Quantum of Solace is tight and a fun action flick. Mm -hmm. Spectre can go die in a trash fire. Um, I here, here's my arguments on like why we need so a, nude story number three. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> one, one last thing though. You know, like I feel yeah. like we already got Wacky Bond uh -huh. in John Wick. And I feel like that that's our like wacky kind of kind we of turned like into wacky bond, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Man, and, and John, did you see the reviews for John Wick 4? I'm so yeah. excited. So excited. You got a like Jen gave it a 10. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, interesting. So that would be Baba interesting. But, but all those but all those John Wick movies are so fun. And uh Last of Us Part 2 is the greatest John Wick style game, also when you play it. Yes. <laughs> When you like, play it like that, play, it is a like great that, yeah. John Wick game. And, and, and part mm -hmm. one also, like the way they did yes, the engine. Yes, the remake one for sure. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like Wacky Bond is the thing that the Hitman developers need to do because of the wackiness of Hitman. That's the yeah, one that would fit. Them. I could respect that. Yeah. I could respect Any that other game. developer, I would maybe go that way before where you're saying mm -hmm. kind of something like a little bit more serious. But I feel like Bond needs to like hit a nice balance. That's kind of what I like about uh, Skyfall the most. It maintains the realism. But adding a little bit of the Bond classic wackiness in a way that fit in the in in those movies. I hope yeah. that they add like a um, almost like you know like the recent Bond movies have that very much almost like a um, what is it almost like a music video at the mm. very beginning. I hope oh, they yeah. have that in the game because that that That's feels so good. If mm -hmm. they did it in even if they even did like classic musical numbers even in the crappy Bond mm -hmm. games, of course they're going mm -hmm. to. So. Story number three. Who wants to roast right now? Oh. Uh, story also by Tom Ivan for BGC. Nintendo thinks Zelda Tears of the Kingdom will justify its $70 price tag. The company announced last month in the, that the upcoming game cost $69.99, marking the first time it has charged more than $59.99 for a standard edition of a digital Switch title. In a recent interview, Nintendo's US boss was asked how the platform holder reached his decision to price Tears of the Kingdom at $70. We look at the uh, at what the game has to offer, uh, Doug Bowser told Associated Press. I think fans will find this is an incredibly full, 
deeply immersive experience. The price point reflects the type of experience that fans can expect when it comes to playing this particular game. After the game's price was announced, a Nintendo spokesperson suggested 70 won't necessarily be the new norm for first-party Switch software, stating that the company determines the suggested retail price of its products on a case-by-case -case basis. Bowser said on the matter, This isn't a price point that we'll necessarily have on all our titles. It's actually a fairly common pricing model either here or in Europe or other parts of the world, where the pricing may vary depending on the game itself. Um, <laughs> I'm in marketing and I know this is BS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they're totally doing it like because they can because yeah, they know they can get away with it they can get away with it like i don't yeah. even, i don't even care it's like it, the full, like the only way like anyone can even justify this is they adopt the poll mentality of like how many hours can i extract out of this it's like the only way that that is like yeah. something that i would even see someone even barely defending this but even then it's like this game launching in such old hardware that even when it launched was on five-year-old hardware like the switch was 2012 like yeah. tagger chips i mean when it, when it came in it's like they're only doing it just because they can and then trying to justify and explain it is like uh, we've gotten to a point where switch games can almost run on mobile phones yeah and Yet, this is the world we live in where all of the Kingdom Hearts games are only playable on cloud yeah. <laughs> on the Switch. Um, but yeah, this is like, this is the kind of discussion you would think to have from like Sony Santa Monica mm -hmm. for their God of War saying, this is going to be worth your $70, but they don't because they have actual class. Nintendo over here going, yeah, we justify all this stuff. And I just see like the money signs popping into his eyes like Mr. Krabs uh, going, well, we sold such a boatload of copies of Breath of the Wild. We're going to make so much money no matter what y'all think. And it's still selling more than all these other games combined. So we're just going to do it anyway. And That's I don't even know how much slope. I want to say about it. I was it. It's literally like, about to say that slippery slope. That yeah. is a slippery slope because I'm at, at one point. Do you like devalue your own games by saying like, "Hey, like what?" Let's say Mario Odyssey Two is announced coming for this fall. I'm like, yeah. you if you don't price that at seventy dollars, you are saying that is a lesser valued game mm -hmm. than than Tears of the Kingdom. Right. Yeah. It and it could it's be a very it's a very short slippery term slope. thing. Mm -hmm. I think. I, at that point, are you saying like, you know, like if you have a, a new Fire Emblem game or if you have a new mm -hmm. Mario Kart game, is is Mario Kart going to be a $70 game just because you deem it like, hey, is that 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 price is worth $70 or is and it and if it doesn't live up to Tears of the Kingdom it, it, as being a 10 out of 10 experience, are you lying to us at that point? Uh, that's a especially. I'm just thinking about it, especially when you just priced your big remaster of your big sci-fi title for $40. For and then you say, we title it based on value. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes me think they weren't doing that to give you a like a break on the fact that it's a remaster. They still have zero value put in the Metroid series. Yeah at all like it completely changes that whole mentality behind their pricing of it if they're thinking like this very directly this is how we view value that we're giving you mm -hmm. then my goodness what a slap in the face that is yeah and it sucks because 
one would think that more uh, games would like explore the scale a little bit more. Like, people have made this analogy. Like, The Witcher Three could have been a hundred dollar game. Let's put it like that. Like in value yeah. alone, and mm -hmm. it's like it, it has that, but it wasn't. Red Dead Redemption Two could have been also a hundred dollar game, but it also wasn't. And uh, because no, of, I think there needs to be an industry standard. I don't think mm -hmm. there needs to be a value scale. To exactly. Be so that's the thing. Like they could have been, but instead, like everyone just sticks with the. Uh, with, with the suggested retail price that starts a generation and it remains like that regardless of games uh, and then obviously we had someone like Sony that did a little bit of like experimentation like Miles Morales was 50 uh, the mm. Ratchet and Clank remake of 2016 was 40 but then the rest of their games have all been 70 and then since then everything has been 70 for them Kino was 50 uh, yeah, as yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah but that 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 wasn't like a first party game though you know yeah it was just backed by Sony it was like mm -hmm. a very true. Like, yeah. heavily pushed game by Sony. Kind of like it's tech, Stray, yeah, a higher tier mm -hmm. from Stray, but it's kind of yeah. like a, in, in that kind of like triple I, like like yeah, like Tachia is going to be the same way next like next month. Yeah, next no, next week. Next March, week, yeah, my bad. Twenty first. <laughs> I almost uh, like I've almost counted this month is over for some reason, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's flying. Can you believe we're almost in April? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. But yeah, to your point, like yeah, it's it's a slap in the face to your other IPs. Because if you have a Captain Toad game, if you have like a Donkey mm. Kong game, if you have Metroid, anything other than you know a game that's worth seventy dollars, it's you're devaluing that IP. And then exactly. on the other side of the fence, I'm like, on the other side of the fence, like the other companies can establish like and say like, hey. We have this suggested retail for a reason. We have ray tracing. We have SSDs. Mm -hmm. Nintendo has nothing. I'm talking about the Not fact that, that you can no. take a portable, and every other console now has ways to take their first party games portable now. Yeah. So I'm like, it's not acceptable. I mean, it's not. It's just greed at this point. And yeah. I hate to say it because I don't want to be super. If negative. this was the launch title of the new Switch. At this price? Oh, yeah. No wouldn't trip would, about yeah, it. Yeah, wouldn't trip about it. Because it'd be mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, it's next-gen Zelda. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this is not next-gen Zelda. This is still the sequel to the game that launched the system six years ago. Still in the same hardware. No hardware revision since then. That, that's what makes it ickier. And them trying to, like, trying to justify it, like, in a way the other ones don't. And the worst part, they're going to get away with it. I think about it like this. I'm like, if it's on the same hardware as, like, the same hardware as the Nintendo Switch basically as like breath of the wild this could hypothetically probably run on the wii u mm -hmm. <laughs> this whole game could hypothetically yeah, still run on the wii because u because that was a wii u game yeah exactly that's what i'm saying i'm like so you're selling us a 70 dollars wii u game at this point yeah but like always nintendo they get the pass in the mm -hmm. gaming industry and it sucks also sucks that some a lot of their games are really good also so there and, yeah. <laughs> and, and that sucks also too it's like it's it's that that weird like schism between like the shitty uh business practices and their phenomenal first party mm -hmm. that, and that's what sucks and now it's like now the greed is like overtaking like they better damn make sure that game is running pristine and it needs to be a 10 out of 10 if it's yeah. if it's a nine or eight i'm like i i would almost encourage the discourse at that point you know <laughs> then the thing is that here's the thing like the, the Creative community is so in the tank for Zelda. It's like you can already expect this is gonna be a 98, 97 Metacritic with a bunch of 10 out of 10s. Like mm -hmm. this is this is even this is not even a game that I'm even like anxiously waiting what critics are gonna say because we already heard 
Like mm-hmm. we don't know well, what they're. Then we say. get into the problem of the way the internet's been, where if you don't give something the projected number it is, you uh-huh. get harassed and doxed and bullied and yeah. stalked. So it's like, how much are you willing to kind of fight that versus uh, just kind of go with the easy route and duck under the radar and get out of there? And it's just this, disingen- and then that's just disingenuous when it comes to reviews, also. So, yeah. So, that's why we love over there, like how we do it in season gaming. We wait to review until we like get the games. Usually we get them right at launch, and then we review. Review comes afterwards. You know we haven't been bought, so we know we haven't been bought. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because it's like at that point, it's like they already got the reviews from the other ones. Ours, mm-hmm. ours is like honest games journalism, our tagline there. So story number four. Making Horizon Forbidden West DLC PS5 exclusive Let Guerrilla Charge Forward. Story by Jordan Midler. Uh, Guerrilla Games has discussed how Making Horizon Forbidden West expansion Burning Shorts, PS5 exclusive, has allowed it to get more out of the system. The expansion, will, which will be released in April, isn't coming to PS4 despite the base game 2022's Horizon Forbidden West being released for Sony's current and last-gen consoles. Speaking to the PlayStation blog, Horizon Forbidden West director Mathis De Jong said, on Horizon Forbidden West, everything we added or increased was something we'd need to have a plan around how to optimize for PS4 as well. On Burning Shore, since we can just focus on PS5, we've been able to charge forward, and we're really excited about what we've been able to pull off in creating this stunning post-apocalyptic version of Los Angeles. Which, by the way, is like, LA is already an apocalyptic land- landscape anyway, so that should be uh, hard. <laughs> so, uh, the hard. But it's... Yeah, <laughs> The the young cited the detail in the open world as one of the advantages of making the expansion only available for PS5. The cityscape ruins of LA and its surroundings are highly detailed and require a lot of processing power as well as fast streaming technology to run properly, especially when the player is flying, fall, flying mm-hmm. over, over the mm-hmm. lands and can see a lot at once. One of the settlements is situated in and around those detailed ruins, and we were able to squeeze a lot of activity in there. Bernie Shores will see Aloy explore a ruined version of Los Angeles. She will seemingly visit several landmarks, including the Hollywood sign, the Capitol Records building, and Venice Beach. De Jong also teases a specific set piece in the expansion that will apparently utilize the PS5 hardware. Another notable one is a particular battle scene that requires a lot of memory and processing power. The, uh, to, to achieve this grand vision, both technically and creatively, we definitely were thankful to, to, for the many advantages that the PS5 hardware brings. Guerrilla confirmed in December that it was planning to expand the world of Horizon with an online co-op project, featuring a new cast of characters and a unique stylus look. This followed reporting from BGC that the Dutch studio was planning an online spin-off, in addition to a planned trilogy of Horizon games. So, this is the longest no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this longest, like, oh, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and this is kind of what I was saying. Like, I was I'll give it to Horizon Forbidden West and the things that I can really praise that game for. Like, even though it was a cross-gen game, it definitely didn't look like one. I feel God of War Ragnarok actually looked more like a cross-gen game than this one did. That's like the one thing that I will give Horizon Forbidden uh, Forbidden West over God of War Ragnarok, just like in visual quality. Like, th- remember when I was making the argument, Paul? That I was like, I hate that this is in last gen, and then we looked at it, you're like, you're crazy. It's like, look how great this looks. It's like, and. Uh, and then I think Horizon is the best looking game on the PS5 right now. I would agree. Yeah, would, for sure. I would, I would totally agree. Yeah. And then like God of War Ragnar is not that far behind, but it's still like you can feel like it's been t- even Tony Santa Monica sells it, like we maximize the PS4 with this. Mm-hmm. Like we would do, we maximize this as a PS4 game. That's why like there's so many like crawling through the crevices and like the infinite like loading and different things. I would say yeah. Ratchet and Clank is the second best at this point. Like Rift Apart is oh, a yeah. 
yeah it's probably the second best the ar- you can even make the argument ratchet clank is the best but yeah it, that's, that's going into some it's like for k baby yeah for k is stunning in that game for k baby yeah <laughs> but uh yeah yeah it, I, now they're they're talking the big game i can't wait to see that in the expansion like how how that looks um yeah how is it going to be jumping forward i wonder yeah and, i like the horizon world i'm excited for this I'm excited for the fact that they're mentioning flying. I hated that flying was left so late in the first game in in in, in Forbidden West, especially how fun it is to fly around with the pterodactyl like robot. Easily that... the literal highlight of the game. <laughs> and get and getting to see and getting to have that maybe early on in the city of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Lasagna. Yeah. Lasagna, yeah. I heard <laughs> that too. I like that. I the like city of lasagna. Somebody's hungry right there. Yeah. That's coming out midway through April. So it's like as I wait for uh, Jedi Survivor, I think that was this is gonna be what I would be playing because nothing else. That I, what else is in April that you know, Sebastian? Lasagna. Um, <laughs> no, but um, let me think. I don't really think there's a whole lot of super big ones. Um, yeah. I know Dead if, Island Two is having very positive coverage right now, like in previews. Bruh. But that's not gonna be like one that, unless like it's actually reviewing fantastically well. That's like that game has been vaporware for so long yeah. i i'm hearing mixed things i i'm i'm hearing very mixed things from pretty uh from what i re- would consider as reliable sources i don't necessarily from what i'm hearing i don't necessarily know if that's going to be a strong out of the gate game like people are making it out to be yeah, but I we'll saw, see I, I saw it in the i saw the other side of that but mm-hmm. well we'll see i was not excited about that one anyway so i'm just happy it's gonna be out it's so funny that that's like a remnant for 2014 that has been percolating minecraft so legends um advanced wars and i would probably say uh, the monster hunter the monster hunter sunbreak or probably yeah, the, the big ones yeah the or probably the big the ones yeah that's coming to you, the ps5 and xbox series series x version star wars yet i survivor it is fall for for april <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it basically has about through yeah. the entirety of the uh, the month, at the, at the but month. at least at the end of it, we'll get something great. Yeah, and this is oh, stuck man. right in the middle. So again, Horizon releasing things so close to things we're actually super excited for, <laughs> but they can't ever catch a break. But I at least this one in like at least this one isn't the same week or like the week yeah. of you know. So know. this or the nine, same this day. is this is nine mm-hmm. days ahead. This is nine days away from Jedi Survivor. So. Final story. Uh, let's end with some stats. Final story by uh, story by Tom Ivan from BBC. Hogwarts Legacy has already topped Elden Ring's lifetime sales in the UK, and it will reportedly surpass Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga by the end of the week. That Warner's, didn't surprise me. Yeah, Warner's game took just five weeks to outsell digital and physical last year's fantasy blockbuster Elden Ring, which has gone on to sell 20 million copies since its release in February 2022. Only FIFA 23, Modern Warfare 2, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga outsold Elden Ring in the UK last year. And Hogwarts Legacy will also have surpassed sales of the Lego game by the end of this week, according to GamesIndustry.this. Hogwarts Legacy sold over 12 million copies and raked in 850 million in sales globally in the first two weeks following its release on February 10th, making it publisher Warner's biggest launch ever. While US sales data has yet to be announced, the game enjoyed the largest European launch outside of the FIFA and Call of Duty series since October 2018's Red Dead Redemption 2. So, according to March 10th post in the game's official Twitter account, Hogwarts Legacy players have logged over 406 million hours of playtime. People love hmm. their Harry Potter, I tell you. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be the most highly successful, like, selling game this year. And I don't even think Call of Duty is going to catch it. Yeah. 
this and, is gonna and, be nuts um and on top of that yeah go ahead highly beloved like i rarely see yeah. people raging about this like quality was like in fact only from you guys i hear you talking shit about this game literally <laughs> trust me yeah. it's it's uh, way more yeah. prevalent than you would think <laughs> yeah. i think no, I, sometimes I looked, we just no, have very different yeah. circles yeah it depends um yeah. <laughs> my biggest thing uh to like yeah this another like no crap kind of situation where it's like uh how many licensed things are attached to existing theme parks that we know of Ooh, there's crazy. like you got your now you've got like mario land you've mm -hmm. got your marvel you've got your star wars and you've got like a couple little things in very obscure zones mm -hmm. but the only other one that exists is harry potter and universal studios and there's a reason why they decided that was a good idea yeah. and it continues to print money to this day you know i remember people were like talking like is it that big of a deal they're just gonna have like the little village with hogwarts in the background you're gonna have some butter beer that's it like what's the deal mm -hmm. and then it opened up and people lost their freaking minds <laughs> and it continues to just be crazy to the point they opened a second portion in their other part so it's like of course it, it makes so much sense when you think about it yeah and I guess the boycotts are officially, officially deemed failures. That's the thing, though, is when you're that big, very few people are even knowing about any of that. Like, mm -hmm. if I talk to any of my friends that aren't, like, super knowledgeable about all this stuff, they wouldn't have even heard about it. And that's it's, just... It's so the... mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so still, uh, like barely anybody hears about the way jk rowling even talks on social media is the thing like if i talk to any of my friends that are big harry potter fans they, they wouldn't even know that was a thing mm -hmm. much less all the controversy around this game and all the other stuff so it's like it does make know. me wonder how also how many copies were sold out of spite that's what i always i've always been wondering how many were like oh yeah now I'll, i was gonna buy about buy five copies now just to just to i don't think game. I think at this point it's, it's like been, for I, I this was... many sales. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it it well, like both on boycott thing. and spite. This is just raw popularity because so, that series ended so strongly that it continues to just be yeah. the biggest thing. I just hope that this is a good lesson for many in regards to boycotts, and also like a good lesson for WB games of what kind of games they should focus on, like. This is the single player. This is the single player open world game. It's tricky because then you're like, there's there's that lesson of, oh yeah, you've learned don't boycott things, or maybe it's like maybe change tactics if that's mm -hmm. the, I, the I heel think that's you wish to yeah. fight on. Yeah. yeah, do it differently yeah. instead of like because I will say like this was boycott by demonization in a way and i feel like as soon as you demonize someone just for the idea of trying to oh demonization yeah yeah, yeah. Demonization, mm -hmm. I and i feel that's that's just prime for like immense backlash and uh i think yeah. that is that is what happened on top of that of course this was always going to be big it's freaking harry potter it's like there's a reason mm. why david saslav that idiot wants to like keep like monetizing things that are clearly done I, so. you know you, you and and we're not really telling you how to vote or how to like mm -hmm. boycott things but I, I it is a thing to where like it, it's important to vote with your wallet if you feel mm -hmm. strongly about something and it's very personal you vote with your wallet yeah. but like like everyone everyone has the total right to do what's right for them 
yeah for sure for sure and i think that's important um before we go with the next um the the like the final thing i want to say did you see what greg me uh, greg miller tweeted um let they me, let me see it because i assume it has something to do with that thing i just added so did you just add it yeah i added it to their i had it to our docket because i saw it i was like we have to talk about this because this yeah. wasn't in the yeah yeah. Let's um, da, 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 try to da, da, da. keep it uh, as concise as we possibly can. However, yeah. let's da, 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 take da, da, a look. Da, 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 da. Yeah, look at, look at yeah so this has me curious. Yeah, so uh, late add, add, adding story we're doing here. Um, story number six now. A story by Mac Ashworth from PlayStation Lifestyle. PlayStation has an exclusive Superman game according to Microsoft's lawyers. So, if this is true, I would be over the moon. I'm talking yeah. about hype. So, everyone knows about this incredible PlayStation exclusive Superman game on PS5 and PS4, right? Well, no, we don't, and that's because it doesn't exist. Unfortunately, Microsoft's lawyers got their superhero spandex in a twist and likely confused Spider-Man with Superman, with the mm -hmm. error popping up in recent legal documents. God of War and Superman are big PlayStation exclusives. That's what I said. The error appeared in Section 2.2 series of Microsoft's response to the CMA's provisional findings, the public redacted version of which can be found here. Thankfully, the last son of Krypton's name is left uncensored, with the presumed typo standing out to any PlayStation fans. It's worth noting that Spider-Man appears three times in the document, with Superman only referenced once. Therefore, it seems like the mistake is just a typo. For those who saw Superman and headed straight to the PlayStation Store with the hopes of downloading an actually good Superman game, I'm afraid you've likely been bamboozled by a single, single typo. The yeah. Next, <laughs> the next time you're guaranteed mm. to see Superman popping up in a video game is as a villain in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which could be delayed until 2024. Poo <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but I, I thought it was funny, and that's the reason yeah. why I wanted to bring it up before we left, uh, before we left though. Yeah, that, that that is so funny. <laughs> Man, so, imagine being so out of touch that you forget uh -huh. the difference between Superman and Spider-Man. Yes, because they both start oh, with an S. Gosh. And Super and Spider are, with the exception of like one letter, like similar. Super I, S U P E R Spider S P I D E R. <laughs> if if like if they ever did make a Superman game and any of the PlayStation Studios were doing it though, I'd be over the moon hyped. I'm and talking about like, it's status. Yes. And it would have to be Insomniac. I don't trust anyone else from like that's able to do like a superhero game justice like that. I wouldn't even care if it was the Days Gone people, because I'm like that to me is better than Days Gone. I'm like just at least somebody try it out again. It, we haven't had one since like this Nintendo 64. Try people mm -hmm. try. Yeah, we need we, a Superman. Like, we, we they tried in PS2 and then once again in the 360 era. And that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Middling results on that one. But the, uh, the, the Superman Returns game. Remember that? Yeah. One? Hey, at least the flight, the flight was, was pretty great. good in that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> hey, at least we can get a, another Iron Man game, right, Alondra? Yeah. Hey, we're getting it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, oh. I'm so, going to read the game releases now. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so game releases from March 19 to March 25th, 2023. Go, Paul. We're going to get Remnant from the Ashes on the Switch for March 21st. Mm -hmm. Chia from PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC on March 21st. I know yeah. Sebastian's really excited about that mm -hmm. one. Have a nice death. Also, Switch yes, PC, here. March yes. 22nd. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, here we go. Atelier, Ryza 3, Alchemist of the End, and The Secret Key. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Switch on March 23rd. Uh, Storyteller on Switch and PC, March 23rd. EA Sports PGA Tour, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S. PC, March 24th. 
and Resident Evil 4 remake for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, PC on March 24th, wrapping up the month. Yeah. Um, I think there's more after that week, but yeah, technically there might be, but yeah, that's really Evil, all yeah. that most people care about. Yeah, the one obviously that I care about here is Resident Evil 4, but did she have, just because I still have PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus Extra, you have you True. do have extra too, Paul. I'll try yep. it out. I'll definitely just try it. I'll definitely try it out. Have a nice death. That's the one that you put in my radar, uh, Sebastian. I'm gonna hear first. Yep. I want to hear uh, how how the game is. It looks great. It looks amazing. Like it actually look the style looks great. I want to hear if it's good to also see if I want to dedicate some time because it's still like as as a true console pleb, I really want a console port for like PS5 mm-hmm. or something because I don't want to get it on Switch and I uh, don't yeah. play enough on PC. Mm-hmm. So I'm like might hold out on that one, that's, but I'm really excited feel, for when that shows up. Yeah, I feel the same way. This is uh, that, that's that's kind of why I want. I need to hear that if it's this super amazing thing that is worth like jumping the hoops and getting it there because I can yeah. wait, but. The Chia is like, just like a stray. It was an extra. I'll definitely try it out. Uh, it's but, free. <laughs> yeah, but RE4 Remake, we got the digital the deluxe edition locked and loaded, Paul. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait. All so, right. Gents, <laughs> that's it for tonight. <laughs> so where can people find you, Paul? As always, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter or Dork of Art on YouTube whenever I decide to upload something too long for Twitter to handle. Sebastian, where can they find you? Y'all can find me at the Pro Nerd Report YouTube channel or the Single Player Experience Podcast, the perfect place for single player gamers to find out about good single player games to play. And right now, you know, if you want to, you I, I challenge you listeners, if you want to get the smacketh down laid on your candy ass, you can find me at, on playing <laughs> WWE 2K23. Just bring it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can find me at A underscore Dorsey on Twitter, uh, A Segovia on Hive. Alejandro Segovia 93 on Instagram and, and currently my written content at SeasonGaming.com where my recent uh, review Destiny 2 Lightfall is live alongside a ranking of all the expansions prior to Lightfall and my next review will probably be in a month because I'm RE4 is just a fun thing that I get to play this time someone else got RE4 for me so hope we get code for that I'm crossing fingers please mm. EA so, be nice yeah it would totally be nice but yeah until then, it's been it's fun having you back, Paul. Like officially, like not from recording from a lap, weird laptop in a bed that no one could see because of the background. Yeah, not not from the uh, the Bin Laden cave anymore. I'm I'm back, <laughs> settled in, and hopefully more permanently featured here. Yeah, <laughs> it's great to have me on as a guest, guys. I really appreciate this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's like because when do you leave on the twenty fifth, right? What are you talking to me? Uh, February 25th. Was that when you started? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, that was February 25th is when we rented the truck. We left like on the 1st, which was the day that y'all recorded mm-hmm. or the day before. Um, and then I was just kind of out of commission until the next week when that was, I think, when I was able to settle in. Yeah, it feels like two bit. months have passed. I don't know why. And it's just such a It feels like that's... I went into the hyperbolic time chamber and I came out as future trunks with the longer hair and the <laughs> jacked look um, because, man, I went through some stuff. Yeah, you were like, you were basically uh, Scott Lang in the Avengers Endgame. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, gents, 
if this was fun enjoy the rest of your night everyone else thank you for listening or watching we appreciate all our listeners that always take the time to listen to our podcast and miss the sea of many different podcasts uh thanks to our audience and also sebastian's audience that listens through our um through through our through our thankful reposts that you put in right as we post it so and can't wait for episode 100 is it is a countdown now paul the final countdown to can't wait to a full centennial but until then everyone stay stay safe stay healthy play some games and remember press x1 good night everybody adios So that's it for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out to Alejandro and Paul for having me on the X-Button podcast and for letting me cross promote and publish this episode on the Single Player Experience podcast. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game that you think should be recommended or that you think I should talk about, let me know in the single player experience discord server. I'll see you there. Before we go, I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace!